And now, introducing a man who's so in demand he went back to 105.7 The Fan. He's the Samuel L. Jackson of Baltimore sports. That's right, if you pay him enough, he'll do anything. Oh, and he yells a lot. Haven't you seen any of his movies? He is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Paul Valley. Sitting in with us this morning, uh, someone who's been doing a great job interning this semester at Pressbox and unfortunately has had to listen to like nothing but my voice all semester as he has transcribed the interviews and written them out. He's uh, Austin Colt from the University of Maryland. And uh, Austin, it's, it's good to have you in. And it, I get to meet Austin was it Master Sunday you were down in the FanDuel Sports? Oh, we got to turn Austin's uh, mic on, please. Thank you. Uh, you were down at the, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I was. Did any of your friends win anything that day? or uh, I think you guys might have left before I pulled the name, so it's possible you all won. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, nothing, no, not the, uh, the raffle, but I did... I did bet on Scotty Scheffler though on very the, nice on the Wednesday actually before the Masters. Would you get him at uh, plus fourteen hundred? I don't bet. Damn. A, I don't bet a lot of money though, so it was. I bet I only bet five dollars, but it, it was okay. Yeah. But hang on, at plus fourteen hundred, that was, means you won. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's yeah. a decent little payday. That's not bad at all. Yeah. I uh, I put a forty dollar that morning. I put a forty dollar bet in on. Um, Rory McIlroy to finish third. Oh, so that one were or finish the best out of everybody besides Scheffler and um, Harrison Smith. So uh, that one paid out nicely for me. And then I looked at my wallet and I was I had a hundred dollar bill last week. I'm like, where the hell did that come from? And I had to remind myself, oh right, I want a bet. <laughs> Speaking of winning bets, bet you guys didn't uh, didn't play Stanford volleyball against Grand Canyon last night. Bet you guys didn't do that. Bet you guys didn't pick up 180 bucks betting on Stanford volleyball last night in four sets against Grand Canyon. I, I, I feel like you're spiraling, man. We nope. gotta get you some help. I, that's the that's <laughs> where you're wrong. I'm not spiraling. Where's that problem gambling hotline? I'm thriving, is what I'm doing. I'm thriving. I'm living my best life. I couldn't find any Ukrainian ping pong matches to play last night. Unfortunately, no, that's not true. I won a Ukrainian ping pong match last night too. Oh, it's not true at all. But I didn't play a lot on it. I said, I got to take it easy. <laughs> Things have not been going so well for your boy. I got to settle down a little I, bit. I thought about changing my Paul's preposterous props. You really should be today. looking for some Ukrainian ping pong and matches. And I, I went to table tennis, and there is a Czech, uh, there was a Czech ping pong match going on oh? this morning. Oh. And I was like, I can't live bet this. Hang, I, 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 hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> See if your boy wants to throw a couple of bucks on a. Uh, it, it's got to be over by now. They, they were, well, uh, I'm pretty sure they play them all day. If they're playing them at midnight, they got to be playing them all the time. There was only one match, and it was going on as I was you think getting che- up this morning. You think Chechia is the only place where they play ping pong, Paul? I know they play it in uh, Ukraine because uh, I've been. He- by the way, you know what the name of the event was in, in Ukraine? The Setka Cup. So we're, I'm totally calling it the Stetka Cup. The Stetka Cup. It's definitely the Stetka we gotta Cup. Get a, when he's in town to pay to pay off his oh, debt. Oh, that's right. He does. We've got to get a table, a, a ping pong table and in we, here and uh, play the Stetka Cup. We can have a Stetka Cup. Oh, I like this idea. So, I like and, this idea And somebody's also got to find a snooker table. I, that's you. You're the guy that's supposed to be finding I, the snooker table. You know, I table. actually started looking around to see how much one costs. And no, the cheapest no, 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 one. No. Like, Somebody owns a snooker table somewhere. There's no way. No, no, no. You just got to do some work. This requires an extra level of work. What this requires is you going deep. You got to get into message boards. You got to get in the get. You got to go to the dark web in order to find this stuff. 
somebody in this state owns a snooker table and can organize a snooker match for they us. They just have some like seedy snooker no, tournaments no, no, no. You're, you're going just, on in their basement like John Malkovich. No, <laughs> you're, you're thinking the wrong way. It's just somebody that enjoys the game that owns a snooker table that exists somewhere. Oh, all right. I'm, it might I'll, be a 90-year-old person who just had a snooker table in their basement for 40 years or something like that. snookers. Yeah, you could get on that. Get on that already. I Austin, tried, you have, man. You, have, you ever played snooker? I, I have not. Yeah, neither have we. We want to play. <laughs> we want to play. We're trying to How get about I there. build a snooker table? What if I built well, you're, one? You're getting. You're going too far. Just you. It could be little, something my father-in-law and I can owns, do together. Somebody owns a snooker table, bro. <laughs> somebody does. I think you are. You are over. No, no, uh, you're not putting the work in. You got it. You are thinking it's got to be a business. It, I'm not. It doesn't have to be a business. It can be a businessman. All right. During the first break, I will put out a Facebook search. Wow. I will ask wow. all my 300 followers. <clears throat> all right. Here's what's going. Oh, the Setka Cup continues right now. Here we go. Here we go. Peter Peter Selleck is up two sets on Ivan Pitesko. Well, obviously we're Peter you know, Selleck of Tom Selleck fame. I believe it's yes. It's definitely. It's almost certainly his son. What are we, what are we doing here? We can uh, we can bet a thousand dollars on Peter Selleck to win ten. That's that's a wonderful investment. <laughs> Why wouldn't we do that? I believe that's how you launder money. <laughs> you, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, it's off the board. Never mind. We can no longer bet Peter Selleck. What a bummer. <laughs> There's other matches going on though. You want to get in on this, Austin? You want to get in on this? We're betting we're betting ping pong over here. I, I might have to. Might we're have betting to. some ping pong. R- Rizlan Salamko is up on Vladislav Mishchenko. Oh, we're we're going with Riv- Rizlov. Oh, Rizilov. That's the way that we're playing this. Let's see if we can. Hang on a second. Oh, that's off the board now. Too. God damn it! They don't want me to bet anything. It's, it, it, it's bad when the sports betting websites have to tell you no, Glenn. What are you talking about? They don't have to tell me that. <laughs> they're doing it for they're your just benefit. Choosing to. I, they're still bettable on my phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's. Give me that. Let me see that phone. <laughs> let me see it. I definitely don't have a problem. I don't know why you keep insinuating. <laughs> Come on, hit the button. Hit. Oh damn it! They took that one off the board too. Son of a bitch. We're not going to be able to bet any ping pong this morning. This sucks. What are we even doing? Cancel the show. <laughs> Austin, you picked the wrong tell, day to come tell in. Tell Noah Bachelor we're not going to be able to do it. I'm so sorry. Ah, that's a bummer. Real bummer. Oh, 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 the price is spiraling. I can't make any money at all. Ah, I blame Austin mostly. All right, Austin, what do you want to do with your life? That's a good question. Bet okay. on Ukrainian <laughs> ping pong because I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy that can facilitate said bets. <laughs> might might have to get into that. You did know. you did so well on the Masters. Yeah. It just might be time to yeah. step your game up. <laughs> betting on golf. What's that? You're not living until you're betting ping pong. <laughs> anything you have no uh, idea what you want uh, to do? No, with? I I mean I, anything in sports journalism. To be honest, uh, all right. I'd like to do well, that, stuff. That's dying. I'm not yeah, sure if you've yeah. heard. <laughs> I'd like read to the do papers. S- like to do stuff on the broadcasting side of things. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, looking looking <laughs> well, to find. Well, this, this is almost like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <for sure. laughs> this is sort of in sim- in that vein. Uh, you're a Yankees fan, so did you prepare the boo sound effect over there? Did you have uh, that? Uh, <laughs> nice team you got there. 
hell of a weekend they had yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice, nice team you got that's, there. That's the sound effect. They bother to score any runs anytime. Uh, yeah, it's not great. I, I did go to the one game against the Orioles that they did win. So. Oh, you got that going but for it, you. But it did hail at that game. It must it be did. nice that to have a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> it, by the way, I do, I do love the fact that he had to say the one game against the Orioles they did win. <laughs> like, that's what it's come to for the Yankees, is we can remember the one. The one. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like an Orioles fan talking. I remember the one time we won a game. One to nothing. All right, we're riding with, I'll tell you who we're riding with this morning. We're riding with Jan Priklopil. That's who we're riding with. That's our guy. These are some names. Well, they're Ukrainian, you dog. Ron Salami in there. I got to be honest, I'm a little surprised the Ukrainian, the Seca Cup is still going on. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, I'm a I little, mean, I don't know if they maybe moved it this year are, or something are, they, like that. are these tournaments where these guys stand 20 feet off the table and just, Oh, these are got to be crap out of the ball. You know, Frank Caliendo is a hell of a ping pong player. Is he? Like a le- legitimately professional level. Not ping just pong imitating player. one. No, uh, I mean like he's. And in fact, I've hung out with Frank. Like where I, I remember the first time he walked, he walked into a room draped in sweat. I mean like covered in sweat. And I was, I'm like, dude, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I just got a workout in this morning. And I'm like, what? Would you run a marathon? Like, what'd you do? He's like, no, I was playing ping pong. I'm like, what? You, you got a workout in? And then I didn't know. I had no clue. As it turns out, he is a hardcore ping pong who's, player. Who's better, Frank Caliendo or J.J. Hardy? I, I actually would venture a guess that it's Frank Caliendo because J.J. just does it for fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, Frank's serious about it. Like, he's okay. a serious ping pong player. J.J. just does it for fun. There used to be real battles, by the way. The Ravens, before they introduced cornhole into the locker room, the big thing was in the like a player's lounge. They had a ping pong table, and there were some legendary battles, like really? legendary. Uh, Jarrett Johnson was a big-time ping pong player, but the guy that – oh, this is unfortunate because, unfortunately, his life took a turn. The guy that owned every one of the ping pong table was Justin Bannon, who uh, – if you're not familiar with things that happened with Justin Bannon, I would just say maybe don't Google it. And like, just yeah. try try to try to remember the good times <laughs> if you can, because uh, things did not uh, they did not go well for Justin Bannon mm. in the years that followed his time in Baltimore. Uh, but anyway, I don't know how we got there. Oh, ping pong, because I'm betting Ukrainian ping pong. <laughs> you guys are gonna start. You guys are gonna see. You're gonna see the lights. You're gonna see the light. You're going to join me. You're going to bet some Ukrainian ping pong. You're going to say, how did I ever live without doing this? Speaking of betting and speaking of the Stetka Cup, coming up later today, weekend at Bookies. We do that every Thursday or every other Thursday morning. Andrew Stetka will join us with his Stetson figures. Uh, we're actually going to have Brad Kronthal from Alloy Sports, my old intern who launched a like billion-dollar tech company, um, is going to join us, and we're going to go through the data on the NBA playoffs and uh, some MLB matchups today as well. So that's coming up a little bit later on. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, which is personally endorsed by Austin Colt because he won money there betting on Scotty Scheffler a couple weeks ago. So you nice. can't do a whole lot better than that. Also coming up on the program today, Noah Batchelor is going to join us. He is the first commit that Kevin Willard has landed at the University of Maryland. Hagerstown native by way of the IMG Academy down in Florida. He had been at Glen Elg before that. Glen Elg Country School, that is. I guess you always have to remember that there are two different Glen Elgs. Um, he had been at Glen Elg Country School before that, uh, playing in the MIAA, then went down to Florida to the IMG Academy. He will be in College Park in the fall. Three-star recruit, but a rising three-star recruit. Um, obviously, you need to start somewhere. And as we talked about yesterday with the Maryland basketball recruiting, if you thought that Kevin Willard was just going to show up and start landing 
all sorts of five-star prospects, you're simply not being realistic. It's not the way that it works. He has to lay a foundation, and it continues to be good news that we have not seen a mass exodus of the players that matter at the University of Maryland. Obviously, a couple that departed, but the ones that really matter have stuck around, at least at least as of now, they've stuck around. You would have thought that they, if they were planning on leaving, they would have made that decision beforehand. So we will uh, chat about uh, his decision with Noah Bachelor here a little bit later on this hour. Coming up at 11, this one's a weird one for me because it's just worked out this way. Um, there may, may Some of you perhaps may remember that I began my career as a sidekick on the Ed Norris show back in 2005. They called me Coach G, which was ironic because I have coached nothing in my <laughs> life. But um, actually, it was really funny because uh, one day Jeff Barnd was filling in for Ed. And I wasn't in studio. He was calling me. And they just told him, you're calling Coach G. He thought I was Gary Williams. <laughs> Straight shoot. <laughs> Called and said, hey, Coach G, it's Jeff Barnes. Hey, uh, how do you get the guys ready for the big game tonight? <laughs> not, not a bit. That's a thing that happened at the beginning of my radio career. What did you say? <laughs> I, I, I said, Jeff, well, you know, the, the coaches will figure that out. <laughs> Which I think only further confused him because, again, I was coach. So... <laughs> I don't oh, Jan Bricklapil, big winner in three sets. Y'all feel stupid now. I told you he yells. Y'all <laughs> feel stupid now. Your boy, your boy just won $69. Nice. $69.98, in effect. <laughs> I'm being completely honest. What does that say there? What does that say there? Don't ignore what it is that I put that I bet on it. Ignore that. What does it say there? That's a winner. That's a winner. That's a winner. It's a, a winner. Bravo. Y'all are making fun of me. You don't know. Get on my level. Glenn just made sixty nine bucks in five minutes. Betting on Ukrainian ping pong, babe. That's where it's at. Y'all gotta y'all gotta get right with the Lord. Uh, anyway, uh, Ed Norris is going to join us, um, uh, and it's been a, I, I just the way it worked out. In fact, I found out the reason why is because I he had changed his phone number, <laughs> so I for a little while wondered if like he hated me <laughs> at some <laughs> point because we invited him on when uh, his book came out and never heard back. So I finally last night reached out to Jeremy. I'm like, hey man, like is there something going on? He's like, he's got a new number. Do you got that? I'm like, no, no, I don't explains everything so ed's gonna join us this morning for the first time and then um and then oh right isaiah brockington's gonna check in isaiah brockington from iowa state um maryland trying to replicate what iowa state did a year ago obviously is you know they went from being i mean iowa state was far worse than this maryland team was iowa state what won two games the previous season if i remember correctly and then made a run to the second weekend of the ncaa tournament Isaiah Brockington is a Towson native and is the son of Antoine Brockington, who was the star for the Coppin State team that one time uh, upset South Carolina 25 years ago. So really neat uh, local connection, local story. And uh, he's getting ready for the NBA draft. So we will check in with Isaiah Brockington a little bit later on in the program as well before weekend at Bookies. And I think we're going to go ahead and put in another ping pong bet before the morning is over too. All right. Um, today's show also brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. 
Baltimore Orioles victorious last night on the road in Oakland. I happen to know that our Orioles guy did not watch any of the game last night. That is not true. What? When I was at the concert for the hour I was waiting for the first band to come on, I was streaming it on the mass. You didn't tell me it was pretty reckless. They're incredible. I no, love the, pretty the, reckless. The, the first band that came on was uh, it was Diamante. Oh, I don't. Oh, I she actually. Was, you know what? I've actually seen them somewhere. I don't know where. She was I quite say, attractive. I want to say opening for Seven Dust, maybe some okay. somewhere. I saw them. Well, they, they they came on. They played like seven songs. She was she was um. It's weird. Paul told me he was unavailable during these hours, but he was plenty available to watch the game. Real weird was, how that there worked. There was nobody that I could have called. Real I was weird in, how that worked. I was certainly couldn't have sent a text. Now could you? I couldn't. Could. Have, I, I, yeah. You know what? I could certainly have. couldn't have done that. Huh? I like to call people uh-huh. first. I like to call uh-huh. them first. The moral of the story is, I managed to watch a game between bands. I did not get to watch the game because I had a lacrosse game to broadcast last night with a really neat story. I might talk about at some point. Um, but uh, it, an attempt to explain to me, as you know, I do not care. I it's emotionless for me. But Paul is very emotional, so much so that when he spends big money on concert tickets, he's watching terrible baseball instead on his phone when 2,000 people attend the game. 2,000 people. It was in between bands. I didn't miss anything. And now, to tell us why it is that I should care, I give you our one-minute man. He is Paul Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Lyles has gone at least five innings in every start, and he's cut down on his hits, walks, and runs while upping Ks in each start. He picked up the win yesterday. The starter's ERA is down to 268. The bullpen ERA down to 247. You should care because while the team is pitching so well, Grayson Rodriguez and Kyle Bradish are building up innings in AAA with less pressure. Eyes are still on them, but there isn't a pressing need right now. Imagine, if you will, Kyle Bradish winning uh, International League Pitcher of the, of the Week and Grayson Rodriguez tearing it up like he has been his, his first three starts. And the Orioles pitching staff was pitching to like a seven ERA like we expected them to do. How many people will be losing their minds in Baltimore right now? Also, the Orioles picked up their third shutout in their first 12 games. They didn't pick up their third shutout last year until July 18th. And they only threw four shutouts the entire season. So the pitching, once again, is a story. And it's looking good for Baltimore right now for the time being. Again, I feel I feel a little bad for Mrs. Valley. you got to at least be able to make it the one minute, man. you got to at least be able like to get... 58 seconds? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Everybody says it's average. <laughs> 50! <laughs> a long ca- That's a second along came Polly reference. Not bad, not bad. Um, a couple of thoughts. One, yeah, I mean, look, the pitching thing is insane. Now, let's also keep in mind it's Oakland, and it's not even really Oakland. It's it's a terrible team, and their B lineup. <laughs> but still, um, they pitch well against the Yankees too. So, as I was saying, a terrible and team and a B lineup. Uh, you you stepped on you stepped on my bit. You stepped right on it. You oh. stepped right on my bit. I'm sorry. And with a Yankees fan in here too. Yeah. Like, you stepped all Yankees over Yankees suck, it. Austin. Yes, it was better the way that I delivered yeah, it. I'm sorry. You I just ru- stepped all I, I over it. I ruined everything. I'll go home. God. I, I nailed it. <laughs> I didn't prepare it. It just came to me in the moment, and you walked right over it. You a-hole. God, I'm going back to bed and ping pong. Y- y'all can do the show. It's the, it's the Paul and Austin show. Enjoy <laughs> just it. just live stream I'm, Glenn betting on ping pong. Yeah. <laughs> the run, the heater I'm on, betting ping pong. Of course, I'm doing. I'm not telling people specifically the way I'm doing things, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, so anyway, I bring this up. 
just to keep that in mind, that I, I, I think if what you're trying to do is suggest that we now know definitively that there's something has changed within the Orioles as a pitching staff is concerned, you got to calm down. Mm-hmm. You have to calm down. Mm-hmm. It's bo- It's all three of the following things. It's the small sample size. It's this week in particular an abysmal team that you're up against, just as far as the lineup's concerned. There are not many major league hitters in that athletics lineup. Um, and then you, the third part of it being the weather, and it's what we talk about all the time. It's when when things warm up, the ball's going to carry. Not as if they're giving up a ton of long fly balls that will turn into home runs. It's not an easy correlation between these They've things. They've given up the least amount of home runs in baseball. I, I understand that. Just saying all three of those things are relevant Relevant in talking about the Orioles pitching. Your point about there not being the same amount of pressure is well taken. Um, a few people have reacted to the conversation we had with Grayson Rodriguez the other day and him saying that he wants to ramp up towards 90, 100 pitches. He said 100 pitches, which is nuts. 100 pitches? I would be stunned if Grayson Rodriguez is being asked to throw 100 pitches in the major leagues anytime soon. That's like a five-inning outing for John Means. Well, for <laughs> Oh, oh, we like John Means. We like John Means, but you oh. lower his pitch count. We want to we want to dump on the You walked over my Yankees joke and then took a <laughs> shot at John Means? Who are you? You're a monster. My god. I'm just tra- <laughs> I'm just trying to make wrong. the intern feel comfortable. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Jesus. I'm still really he's, affected by that guy calling me a company man. He's one of the guys we like. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, so I, you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to actually throw 100 pitches, but he says that's what he wants to ramp up towards is nine to 100 pitches. So for everybody that's saying, because he had another, another dominant outing last night, for everybody that's saying, you know, there, I, I saw there was a conversation that one of our listeners, and I, and it was Orioles idiot uh, who was getting into a conversation with somebody and used our interview as fuel because the guy was like he shouldn't throw another pitch at the triple a level and he's like look man you know he's got things that he wants to do he's trying to ramp up more and i like that i like the fact that grayson rodriguez didn't you know like when we bring up the criticism of hey what happens the third time through the order he didn't say oh that's stupid i'm gonna dominate them he said yeah i'm trying to figure that out i want to get there I want to ramp up. I want to throw that many pitches. I want to be comfortable going through an order another time. I like that. Also, remember, Grayson Rodriguez is a little bit younger than some of these other guys, so it's time-wise not as imperative that he gets here as as soon as you know somebody who had four years of college, for example, or even three years of college. So I do like the fact that there's not the same pressure. I think you've actually, you've actually presented something now that is relevant. As far as not relevant enough that like I'm compelled that I have to watch the right, games, right? <clears throat> but relevant nonetheless, which is the pitching is is good enough that the mouth breathers can't just sit back and say, "Why isn't Grayson Rodriguez here? Why isn't Kyle Bradish here?" Well, they don't need to be here. The the pitching is fine. Can they hit? Because right. there's a little bit of an issue there. From there a, pi- is a from, bit of a problem. From a pitching standpoint, it's a perfect scenario. Right now, they're ramping up their innings at the minor league level. They're dominating AAA hitters, and the Orioles are pitching well enough at the major league level that there's no need to call them up before you're ready to call them up. It, it, it's working out exactly how you would hope it would, um, in my opinion. Uh, you know, 
yeah. I mean, like, we still got to continue to see that. Yeah. At, at, at the moment. At the moment. Right? We at all the know moment. That, that, that a 2 5 1 team ERA isn't going to last. No. We know that. No. It's, and, and given who the people are that we're talking about, it's, right. it's likely to be fleeting. But, you know, you, you hope otherwise. You hope it continues. And the bullpen in particular, if, if you want to say that you have some sort of belief that this is something that can be sustained within the bullpen, again, my gut is they're going to continue to be taxed, and at some point that's going to catch up with them a little bit. And, you know, I don't think that it, I don't think it can continue like this, mm. but that it can be more of a strength than maybe we thought it was going to be coming into the season. I'm, I'll be willing to listen in on that. It, it still doesn't change all of my concerns about the fact that they're not producing. Right. Like, th- this is... No, the 24 runs in 12 this games is, is absolutely awful. nuts. I mean, this is absolutely n- bonkers. Because it's not like the A's are throwing out Shaw Mania against I mean, you. Uh, uh, Montas, Ma- Montas is, is, is a pitcher, He's very good. Right? He's, He's very a legitimate good. pitcher. Yeah. I don't even remember who pitched the last two games. Exactly. I, you know, exactly. Like, uh, but Montas can pitch. That guy's a real... Uh, Irvin in game two, and I can't remember who started I, I, Honest to God, don't remember who it was, because... Dude, I think it was Dalton Jeffries. It was yeah. Dalton Jeffries because I remember when we read it, I said, "Whatever that is, it's <laughs> exactly what it was." It was Dalton Jeffries. Do you know anything at all about Dalton Jeffries? No. There you I, go. I can't believe you knew who it was. Yeah. Why would you know that? Did, uh, did you bet the game? M- no, MLB the show. I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, he would, right. he had like a prospect card because I guess he's one, he was one of their top prospects. But oh, well, they're yeah. good. Good for Dalton Jeffries. Yeah. He's got that going for him, which is nice. Well, I, th- I think that the real test uh, for the Orioles pitching staff. I mean, they've already had a real test because the Yankees, despite their their ineptitude so far this year, they have some some bombers in that lineup. They're the Bronx Bombers for a reason. But you're going up against a team uh, this weekend. We're going to be sending Spencer Watkins and Chris Ellis out back to back against guys like Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Anthony Redone, Jerry Walsh. What, what like they're good? <laughs> right. What like that's hard? Right. Exactly. Exactly. You, you got into Harvard. What? Like it's hard? <laughs> yeah. You've, you're dropping a long camp, Polly. I got legally blonde over here, baby. <laughs> Or was that legally blonde too? I don't remember. I thought it was stealing Harvard with Tom no, Green no, I and remember, Jason Lee. I do remember stealing Harvard though. I do remember that film. I was, and Leslie Mann. I was Tom Green obsessed at that point in my life, so I remember it well. I got very uh, drunk on absinthe one night in New Orleans with my um, my my wife and our gay best friend, and we decided. Sounds like a movie itself. Oh, it was it was uh, my wife and I's anniversary, and I ordered champagne and chocolate covered strawberries to the room. But I was way too drunk to participate in any of these. So there's a lovely fifth anniversary picture of my wife and our best friend eating anniversary strawberries and drinking champagne in a bed together. Are you passed out in the background? I don't remember. I was so absent. Did me in, baby. I don't drink the way I once did. And one trip. If anybody's familiar with the particular absinthe bar in New Orleans, like it don't take much. It does not mm. take much. And then a nice walk back to the hotel and. I was done. They got up and went for beignets in the morning. I slept until about noon. It was the way things went. Just the way things went. But I tell the story because at some point I woke up from my absinthe stupor in the middle of the night and Legally Blonde 2 was on the television. And I was in no condition to do anything about it. (laughs) So I just watched it. (laughs) I just sat in the bed, not, not really knowing where I was, not really knowing anything about where life had taken me, and enjoyed... Legally Blonde 2, Electric Boogaloo. Well, hey. It was it was a <laughs> it was a magical film. Well, Legally Blonde is one of Pam Beasley's five island movies. Uh, that's right. I do remember that. That episode was well, they're all on uh, the Comedy Central recently. But for some reason I happened to watch that one. 
uh, where they the fire the fire, fire drill. Yeah, exactly right. Ryan started the fire. That's right. It's a hundred percent. Our Wi-Fi is right. Is Ryan started the Wi-Fi? Not bad. Not bad. Um, anyway, yeah, so I don't have anything else to say about the Orioles. It was a game that happened. I am I am mesmerized by the fact that Grayson Rodriguez continues to dominate. What were his final numbers last night at Norfolk? I uh, he, went, he went five and third innings, one hit, one, one hit. walk, eight strikeouts, no runs, 75 pitches. I hear that's good. Yeah. And speaking of ramping up, 75 is a step up, right? It, it, he, like, he went up six pitches from his first start to his second and eight yep. pitches from his third second start to his third. So he's continuing to move towards those numbers that we're talking about. When he gets I, – I think when he gets to 90 pitches and on this trajectory he'd be there in like two to three starts, mm-hmm. I think in those two to three starts you can start having the conversation about does he still need to be at AAA. If he can right. – Obviously, if he's throwing one-hit shutouts, you know the answer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he sure as F does not. But I think, more importantly, he gets to 90, especially if he gets up in the mid-90s. Once he gets to that number, if he's continuing to, to be dominant, then then let's have that conversation. Let's talk about, no matter what's going on at the major league level, is there anything else for to be accomplished by Grayson Rodriguez? Where, where do we rank Grayson Rodriguez as far as hype amongst uh, and going back to like when Mike Mussina and Ben McDonald were in the Orioles yeah, farm I mean, system, where it, where do we rank it's the t- hype it's around? It's very that? difficult to compare anyone to Ben McDonald because he was the number one overall right. pick, right? Yeah. Like it's just tough to compare anything to that. He was number one overall pick. He had been a gold medalist. Like there was so much hype. Grayson Rodriguez was barely a first round pick. Well, he's eleventh overall. I mean, but he wasn't. This was not a time where we thought. And, and it, that's the wrong way for me to say it. What I'm really trying to say is this was not someone that we had gotten to know before the draft. Oh, uh, This was, was not someone that we were paying attention to. We weren't really paying attention to the draft at that point. It was He just happened to be the guy. Yeah, they, they called him the pop-up talent in the draft, that he did so much work in the previous offseason right. and in his final year in high school that he was the guy that was like rose up draft boards. Correct. Yeah. And so when I say that, I'm not trying to say – he was the thirtieth pick. I'm we saying, were paying attention. I'm saying he wasn't somebody that was on the radar. Right. That there was any amount of conversation about before, like when he got picked. As you guys know we're meticulous about the work that we do in getting guys on. I had no idea who to get in touch with to try mm-hmm. to get in touch with Grayson Rodriguez at that point. I like woke up that morning. I'm like, who the f do I call? Now I mean I tracked him down. Obviously we had him on the next day, but. I didn't know because we had done no work whatsoever on Grayson Rodriguez. So there's the hype is different. It's come on over the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's come on basically since the pandemic. He was a guy, and suddenly we started looking and being like, he's more than a guy. He's yeah. he's a, he's a dude. Um, and then obviously since last year, it's been sort of escalating. So in the last year, in the era of social media, in the era of us seeing more highlights and seeing more stats than we did, say, with Ben McDonald, then, yeah, you could say in the last year, maybe he's the most hyped Orioles pitching prospect ever. Mm -hmm. But as far as the chatter, the conversation, nothing could compare to Ben McDonald because he was number one overall, because he had, you know, it was an amateur darling. There was so much hype surrounding Ben McDonald that I don't. I just don't think anything can compare to that. You just missed a golden opportunity to break That's out right. into some Sinead O'Connor. What, nothing compares to yeah. nothing compares. It's actually Prince. Um, we could go that route another day. <laughs> all right, uh, I do want to talk about all the wide receiver hubbub this morning. We will get to that, I promise. Um, and as we mentioned, when we come back in, 
a Maryland native who's going to come back to play hoops here. Noah Bachelor is going to join us next. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's program also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan and Gary Stein are going to have a neat chat today with Kevin Byrne, the former PR czar for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it's we think about Kevin a lot around the NFL draft because he's in the room. Like he's one of the few people that knows what it's like inside the Ravens war room during the draft. It's it's Ozzy and Eric and John Harbaugh and Steve Bishotti and Pat Moore and Joe Ortiz and then there's Kevin Byrne who's been in the room for all these years and knows what it's like uh, more than anybody else. So that'll be a fun conversation that Stan and Gary Stein will have later on today, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. And if you miss it, you can see it tomorrow, pressboxonline.com slash video or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. There's a story this morning on TMZ that Mike Tyson apparently was repeatedly punching a man in the face on a plane last night. 
after the guy had apparently annoyed him, to which the internet is saying, why in the F would you annoy Mike Tyson? Now, there's a bigger problem, because Mike Tyson has randomly turned into America's sweetheart over the last few years, and if he was repeatedly punching a guy on a plane, I don't know if he's going to be able to keep up his America's sweetheart role. Does he need to repeatedly punch anybody that's on the boxing ring? I think one punch from Mike Tyson, he, uh, you heard Ed Helms, he's still Okay, got all right, it. maybe we're actually going to find ourselves agreeing with Mike Tyson. So this is the story from TMZ. Mike Tyson seemed to lose his cool on a plane Wednesday night, repeatedly punching a man in the face after the guy had apparently annoyed him. TMZ Sports has learned the incident all went down at around 10.30 p.m. as Tyson was slated to fly out of San Francisco International Airport to Florida. A witness on the plane says as he and his friend were boarding Tyson's flight, the boxing legend was initially cool with them and the other passengers. The witness tells us that Mike took a selfie with him and then was patient with his overly excited buddy who kept trying to talk to the 55-year-old fighter as he sat behind him. Eventually, though, we're told Tyson had enough of the guy behind him talking in his ear and told him to chill. When the guy didn't, that's when the witness says Tyson started to throw several punches at the man's face. Uh, it's not a great look. I mean... I imagine that's how we'd all look. Looks like he spent some time with Mike Tyson, yeah. 100%. Video we obtained shows Tyson throwing a flurry of blows at the man, which you can see bloodied the passenger's forehead. The witness says Mike walked off the plane just seconds later. We're told the man who was punched received medical attention and then went to the police over the incident. We've reached out to the cops for comment, but so far no word back yet. We've also reached out to JetBlue and Tyson's camp for comment on the incident as well, but no word back yet there either. So it doesn't look great for Mike Tyson. However, there is a follow-up that says sources close to the mic claim the man was extremely intoxicated and wouldn't stop provoking the boxer in his seat. If the dude, I, we have remember like the video of the incredibly drunk guy who was taped to the seat mm-hmm. and like literally had his mouth taped shut. And we were all like, "Yep, we're in agreement." Yeah, like what? What? Because the, initially the airline had suspended the people involved, and we were like, "No, no, 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 no." That guy's on my plane. I beg you that that's what you do with him, mm-hmm. is tape him to his seat and get him to shut the F up so we can all get to wherever it is that we're going. Mm-hmm. If the guy really was that belligerently drunk, I'm sure the law would say Mike Tyson still isn't allowed to just punch him a he, bunch of times. He's going to have to pay this and, guy. And there's going to be a problem there. But in the court of public opinion, I think we'll all find ourselves saying, eh, where with Tyson? We're with Tyson on now, this one. Now, now let, let me ask you a question, because we've talked about this in the past um, several times over. Where do you stand on Mike Tyson in general? Because remember what he went to prison for. It's a very difficult thing. I've talked about this. I don't want to get too deep on this oh, right, right now. I've talked about this a lot. I, I am in favor of listening to the idea that the justice system hasn't always been fair to black people. Mm-hmm. And if you watched the, what was the Mike Tyson document, the ABC Mike Tyson documentary, there are a lot of stories about that incident. Okay. And things that were said that paint a lot of cloudiness about it. I am the type that wants to believe women and all that sort of stuff, but like an I want to say it was in, I don't remember if it was a Nightline. ABC did a, a lengthy Tyson special a couple years ago. I'm have to check it out. And there were a lot of things that other contestants in that pageant said that presented a cloudy picture as to what might have happened. And mm-hmm. that has led me, because I remember saying a lot of times I was very uncomfortable with the idea that we had turned Mike Tyson into America's sweetheart. Right. But 
after that documentary, I was more willing to listen to the idea that the facts might not be exactly as they were presented. Right. So that's all I would really say about it. Is okay. I, I would it's it's worth the watch. It's worth the watch to find out a little bit more about. I'll have to take a look. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. That's where the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard and I are going to be one week from tonight. For the first round of the NFL draft, we will have great giveaways for you. A lot going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook next Thursday night. Come join us. It's the best live betting night of the year, other than when the Setka Cup's going on. It's the, So it's the second best live sporting night of the year because the Setka Cup is really the top one. Um, it's, it really is the best lives because you can just keep walking up to the 61 self-service kiosks. Did you, were you using the kiosks when you were there, Austin? I was. Austin was a kiosk, man. They could not be any easier. Could not be. Austin, did you ever bet before? Was this your first? Uh, no, I've, I've All bet. All right, yeah. never mind. Austin's a de- degenerate. He's not a good example. <laughs> the point is, they're easy to figure out. You don't have to be like Austin. You don't have to be some lowlife who's betting Ukrainian ping pong all the time. In order to figure out how to use, geez, Austin, in order to figure out how to use this tw- the 61 self-service kiosks. And they're open 24-7. So if, again, you are a despicable human that sits around and bets Ukrainian ping pong matches at all hours of the night, like Austin does, which is shameful, and you should seek help and be embarrassed, then you could, again, hypothetically, like Austin, you could go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel and use those 61 self-service kiosks at all hours of the night in order to put those bets in. But again, you got to get your life together, buddy. All right? You got to really, you got to consider some things over here betting on the Seca Cup. Got a lot of questions about that. But if you want to do it, place to do it is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Come back in June and bet on the Seca Cup. That's right. That's right. Now, are they going to have those odds up in the FanDuel Sportsbook? We should probably talk to Leon. (laughs) We should probably talk to Leon Twyman about that. Can we make make this an official event? All right. uh, We had to do this a little bit earlier on because um, apparently he's still in school and has things to learn. Weird. Uh, But the first commit of the Kevin Willard era at the University of Maryland, Noah Batchelor, right here on GCR. We're joined now here on GCR by a young man who just made it known this week that he is coming to College Park. He is officially the first uh, recruit that was landed by New Maryland men's basketball coach Ken Willard. Kevin Willard, that is, of course. I talk for a living. He is a young man from Hagerstown by way of the IMG Academy. Noah Batchelor is with us now here on GCR. Noah, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Appreciate you for letting me be honest. Uh, Absolutely, man. Noah, can you take me through, like, when was the first time in your life that you thought to yourself, hey, man, it'd be cool to play basketball at the University of Maryland? Uh, I think it was actually eighth grade when I uh, actually was able to go to my first Maryland game that they brought me to, actually, when Greg was still there. So in eighth grade, he brought me to a game, and I watched it, and it was just an amazing experience, especially with the fans and everyone. So that's probably one of the first times I saw myself did you did you did you immediately think like, hey, th- if everything goes right, this is where I'm going to be, or was it more open that? Were you more willing to listen to everybody else? Um, no, it was definitely more open. I was willing to listen to anybody, but um, after that, I definitely was like, nah, I want to play college basketball. Like, I want to be on that next level. I mean, it, look, it worked out for you exactly the way that it was. Uh, take me through getting to know Kevin Willard and his staff and. You know, like it's been a it's been a, a rocky couple of months. If if we had talked to you in say January or February, 
would you have been believing that you were still going to end up at the University of Maryland? Uh, yeah, you know, getting to know Coach Willard and the whole entire staff um, this weekend and even um, through the weeks that they were in, um, that they got hired, you know, it was interesting. You know, they're really good uh, people. So uh, just getting to know them was a really big thing for me and my parents. And I'm glad I did because obviously I made a, a decision to go to Maryland. But, you know, Willard and all them, they're just really good people. And they only mean for the best for uh, me and my family. So getting to know them, you know, was definitely special. Did you, you know, like I think a people uh, people are familiar that at one point you had been committed to play at Memphis. Did Did you make that decision knowing that you were still going to think about it and that it wasn't so – like, can you take just take me through the history with how it came about that you ended up deciding, no, I want to open things up more? Uh, actually, no. I actually committed to Memphis as, like, like solid. Like, like I want to go to Memphis. Like, I'm going to be at Memphis. Um, but then, you know, a few things started to happen, and it just didn't feel like the right fit for me at the time, especially with me and my, my parents. You know, they uh, – they just wanted what's best for me, and they didn't feel comfortable um, with me being at Memphis. I just don't want to dive into it too much. But sure. it definitely came um, to a decision that we just, you know, I just had to pull out and reopen my recruitment. I get what you're saying. So, and I'm assuming you're going to say the same thing. Like, when you commit to Maryland, this is everything in your plan is when we get to the fall, I'm, I'm playing basketball at Maryland. There's no turning back now. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's Noah Bachelor. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio as we're chatting about him committing to come to the University of Maryland. Know your experience at IMG. Um, how did that come about, and, and what has it done for you to raise your game to the level that you're ready for the big-time Big Ten basketball? Uh, I actually I got to um, IMG in my uh, like halfway through my junior year. So, I mean, since I've been here, it's been an amazing experience. They've like I've been proved so much. I was just looking at like numbers and stuff from this year. Like my weightlifting is going really well. I'm like gaining. I'm gaining a lot of weight, and um, everything is just the experience is basically is basically college. I mean, I take four classes. I have two classes a day, and it's just basically class and basketball. So that's really what it's going to be like at college, and it just it's really prepares you for that next level. Did it all make you, I, I wonder, did it, if it made you at all kind of miss home a little bit, did that play a factor at all in choosing Maryland? Uh, I don't think that really played a factor in me choosing Maryland at all. I definitely did miss home a little bit. Okay. <laughs> but I don't think it really played a factor. Do you feel like you're more prepared for the next level? As you as you alluded to, the similarities to the college experience and the focuses and maybe separating out some of the noise that comes when, when you're at home, do you feel like that has you perhaps better prepared for that jump to the next level? Yeah, I think I'm uh, more prepared than uh, um, a bunch of others, I would say, with you know just experience um, in lifting and practicing and all that other kind of stuff. Even uh, Coach Wood and all that, um, even other coaches uh, have told me that that guys like me coming from IMG or even coming from like a national school like mine, we're just a lot more prepared and we have a lot more, I'm not going to say knowledge, but maybe um, a lot more IQ than others. And it kind of, 
being at a national school really helps out a lot. I think there's no doubt about it. And the competition that you're going up against, right? Like, my God, you guys right. are kind of playing anybody, right? <laughs> yeah. Was there one particular game that you played that you were like, oh, man, like, I know now. <laughs> going up against this dude, going up against this guy, guard. Was there anything like that that stood out for you that made you say, oh, I know I'm ready? Um, Honestly, I, I'm – I would probably say every, like, um, pretty much every night that we were away, you know, in New Jersey, yeah. in Indiana, and even in Orlando, especially in Geico and City of Palms, like, we played great competition every single night. So, me just playing against that competition and doing well and thriving in that environment just really, like, like, it just brought a thought to my head, like, yeah, I'm definitely ready. But I know I'm still going to have some improvements. Like, I still got to improve on some things. But I think it's definitely going to help. Let's talk about you, the basketball player, Noah. Um, we know you can shoot. Um, tell me about where that came from. Have you? Have, were you born? Were you a shooter out of the womb? Was that the type of player that you were? And and what else do we need to know about you that you're going to bring to the table now at the University of Maryland? Uh, yeah, I definitely think I was always, you know, born as a shooter. But uh, in middle school, I had to play like in middle school, my freshman year. I had to play, you know, center a yeah. little bit. It's because of your size. So that I makes sense. Yeah, I definitely, you know, I've played uh, basically every position that there is to play. So, I, but I've definitely, I think, you know, I've always, it's always been natural for me just to be a shooter. But I think what people should expect from me is just I'm a really energetic guy. Uh, I'm I bring like all my energy. I bring it out every night. I can shoot the ball obviously really well. I'm really athletic, and I just I play defense and I love the game. So. I mean, that's not – that's just a little bit of it. You know, are, are is there a player that you look at and, and you, I don't know, you mold your game after, but you look at them and say, man, that that's the guy that I feel like I'm most similar to that maybe we would know? Um, I've definitely, like, heard some comparisons, um, like Clay Thompson and Duncan Robinson, and maybe sometimes when I move, like when I move without the ball, it's like how Curry does. So definitely those three guys are, like, like the guys that I try yeah, the, to like model the, my game after. Those guys are kind of okay. <laughs> those guys are <laughs> decent. Boy, Duncan Robinson, it's nuts watching him right now, bro. Like, I know it he's is, good. <laughs> man, it is nuts watching him just go off for the heat. Um, you know, we talk about, you mentioned Greg earlier and Greg Manning. Um, how important was that for you, that, that he stuck around as part of the program in choosing to stay at Maryland as, as he was kind of a holdover from one staff to the next? Uh, you know, that was that was pretty important for me. I mean, me and him, we've had a great relationship, obviously, since my eighth grade year. So for him to, you know, stay there and um, now be there when I come is going to be really special. Um, and I'm glad that me and him built that type of relationship. Does it mean anything to you to be the first commit for Kevin Willard at Maryland? Is, is there something significant about that to you that people are going to remember and – and 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 years from now they'll say, man, he really knocked it out of, right on the first one. You look at the player he found in the first guy that he got to commit. Does that type of thing mean something to you? Yeah, I'm definitely honored. Uh, it's really special, you know, to me just to even think about that. Like it's it's just crazy. Uh, so it's definitely really special. That's cool, man. That's cool. Something that does it add maybe even a little bit of pressure that you're like, hey, man, I love that idea. You know, you know what you're walking into, right? Like it's a new coaching staff. It's a time where, you know. You know how Maryland fans are. You're from here. You know what right. the expectations are for this program. 
does that excite you to be a part of trying to lay a new foundation for Maryland basketball? It's definitely exciting, you know. Um, I don't think I feel any pressure towards anything. Um, there might be a little bit of pressure, but I'm not going to let it, you know, take over my game, obviously. But I'm definitely very excited. He is Noah Batchelor. Just another minute or two here with him on Glenn Clark Radio as he's coming to the University of Maryland. Um, do, do you know the guys at all? Is there anybody on the roster that you've been able to spend any time with or, or get to know even during this process a little bit? I would say uh, I definitely got to know Ike Cornish yeah. and uh, uh, Juju, I think. A couple yeah, of Baltimore Juju. kids. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> How long have you known? Have, did those relationships go back, like, predate, you know, you going through this process? Does that go back to growing up in the area playing basketball at all? Um, definitely with Juju. I played against him when he was at St. Francis. So me and him was battling out when I was at um, Glen Elks. So sure. we definitely have some history of playing against each other. And then with Ike, it was just like, like we, it was just like a, like a connection through basketball. So me and him have been tight for a little bit now. That's cool. Who got the better of each other when you, I mean, you know, like the, Juju was on some pretty good teams. Who got the better of each other when you and Juju went up against it? Man, Juju did, though. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good team. It's a little bit different world than yeah. what you guys had going on. That's the way that goes. And then give me your goals, Noah, you know, as, as you arrive at Maryland, right? As we talk about, it's it's a tough time for Maryland basketball trying to lay something new. What are the goals? What for both personally for the team? What are the things that you want to accomplish during however long it is that you end up being in College Park? You know, uh, I don't think I'm as focused on individual like accolades. Like I know those are going to come, but I'm just really focused on winning. Like that's all I want to do when I get there is just win, win, win. So I just want to, you know, make us a program. Obviously, me and my teammates, we're going to make our, make our program, you know, known more again and make sure that every time we step on a, a court that the other team knows that they got a long night. I like that, man. I like everything about it. Was there, was there anyone – we'll wrap with this. Was there any one Maryland basketball player, Is anybody that you remember watching, that you were a fan of, anything like that from growing up as a kid here? Uh, I'd probably say Kevin Herter. He was, and, it, it's uh, turned out pretty okay for him. Yeah, Kevin Herter is definitely one of the uh, kids on uh, Maryland that I've seen uh, when I when I came for the first time. So definitely him. That's cool, man. That's very cool. Noah, what can we plug for you, social media wise? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Where can people be giving you a follow? Uh, give me a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Uh, my Instagram is just it's Noah Bachelor, but it has two R's then. Okay. And then. You can put my Twitter down. I think it's Noah underscore Bachelor underscore. Absolutely. And it's Bachelor with a T. So yes, sir. at some point you know, down the road, of course, well, obviously when you have in- insane success, they're going to have to revisit the title of The Bachelor because it might end up being <laughs> that when we say The Bachelor, everybody thinks about you, right? Like yeah, we, might, <laughs> we might have to think about that. Hey, uh, Noah, congratulations, man. We're awfully excited to see you in College Park next season. Really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us and look forward to getting to know you better over the next couple of years, all right? I appreciate you. Good kid. Looking forward to seeing Noah Bachelor in College Park and appreciate him taking the time for us here on GCR. Also appreciate one Peter Abraham, who when he's not busy writing for the Boston Globe, won in five sets this morning against Miroslav Brozak. And so daddy's already three for three on the day.
You guys is keep, that is that the, you guys the one keep, who was getting boat raced there for a little? No, bit? that was uh, Sergey. That was Sergey Hop or or Z- What was the uh, what was the guy's name? I I've forgotten. forgotten. <laughs> it was uh, Sergey Sergey Zop who was getting his ass kicked in the second set and suddenly decided to come alive in the third and the fourths and uh, three for three. You guys keep sleeping on the set, Cup. I'm over here cleaning up, cleaning up, dogs, cleaning up. All right, uh, hour number one. Hey, you know, I mentioned uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino Hotel. You know, right now, if you go to pressboxonline.com slash contests, you can sign up to win a VIP experience for the first round of the NFL Draft next Thursday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. You, three of your friends, get a reserve table and a $300 tab for your food and booze. To hang out, it's going to be a packed crowd. We're expecting a massive turnout because, as I mentioned, it's the best live betting night of the year. Your table reserved, $300 tab on us. All you got to do is go to pressboxonline.com slash contests and sign up. Sign up by, we've decided to extend it, Tuesday at noon. We will pick a winner Tuesday at noon, so you got to be signed up by then. Pressboxonline.com slash contest. You and three of your friends can come join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I was asked, well, what if I don't have three friends? Well, this would be a good way to go about making one. You'd say, what are you doing Thursday night? What are you doing New Year's Eve? You could do that, and you could make new friends because you can say, I've got food and booze, and I can hang out with you. We can get a Patron Margarita Tree or seven. During the course of the evening. That sounds like a good way to go about making friends to me. I think if you offered that to me, I might say, you know what, Steve? Yeah, let's hang out. Let's get to know each other. Now, yeah, I might ditch and forget all about you at the end of the evening. <laughs> got to establish some ground rules ahead of time. What are your expectations? You got to cover all of those things. But it sounds like a good way to go about making some new friends. Sign up, pressboxonline.com slash contests. And uh, you can be a winner, like uh, Austin was a winner uh, for the FanDuel Sportsbook and the Masters. Uh, random thought. It, you asked me how the Pretty Reckless was, and I yes. told you about Diamante instead. Yeah, I like the Pretty Reckless. Uh, they were incredible. Yeah. You they know, that's, at, uh, what's were, her face? That's yeah, uh, yeah. Taylor C- Mumps. Cindy Lou Who. Yeah, exactly the right. Girl. 100%. Um, they were at, uh, and I'll tell you, and this is, this is going to sound very creepy, uh-huh. that girl owns her sexuality on stage. Okay. It was. All right. I, 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 I had I, because coming I, up I, next, we're gonna <laughs> because because I hear the songs on the radio. Yeah. I was expecting her, and I've seen pictures of her with like the uh, the black eye makeup yeah, and all yeah. that. I was expecting her to come out and be kind of gothic and all that. And she yeah. was wearing the boots and the black dress and all that, but she was feeling herself. Not well, they're very, not, they're, not they're, literally, right. but feeling herself all on right. stage. Well, <laughs> so now that Paul's canceled, coming up on Monday, <laughs> uh, our new producer Austin Call. <laughs> Um, Wildly interesting. I, I like them a great, great deal. They're very good. Yeah. All right, when we come back in, Ed Norris from 105.7 The Fan is going to check in with us. I hear he's done some other things in his life. We'll chat with him next. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGAMBLER. 
wrestlinghelp.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com stay tuned your chance to win a million dollars is coming up probably not from us you're listening to glenn clark radio all right, back in here on GCR. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, I am going to talk about the wide receivers, I promise. It's what everybody's talking about, specifically with the Ravens' Debo Samuel. Because of his physicality, because of the fit, because of all those things. I'll tell you, I'll bet against it. But I say that about everybody. Like, if ever there's a player that would cost a great deal in a trade, a significant move that could be made, I say the same thing. I, I think it's unlikely. I'd bet against it. I don't think that's something that will happen. But I get it, and I'm not telling you I'm not in favor of it. I think the Ravens should explore. I do think that Debo Samuel would make all sorts of sense as a player. What exactly the cost is, there were some rumors this week that the 49ers wouldn't trade Debo Samuel, despite the fact that he allegedly asked to be traded, that maybe they would, but it would only be if they get absolutely overwhelmed in an offer for Debo Samuel, 
Okay, well, what does that mean, right? Can you imagine like, Debo Samuel in this oh offense. Oh my god, I'd be wildly in favor of it. Now we also need to know if Debo Samuel, part of his frustration is he doesn't really want to be used as a running back anymore, right? Like there's a bunch of stuff that we would need to know about that. But on paper, yeah, I'm exploring it. I'm making phone calls. I'm interested uniquely in Debo Samuel. But you know what it's going to cost? This idea that like the market for wide receivers is one way for certain guys, and then when the next guys come up, they're not getting that? Stop it. You know what it's going to cost. A lot in the trade. And a lot in the contract. Is it worth it? I'd argue yes. That's the cost of having special talent. This is a, this is a cool moment for me. So I am returning to 105.7 The Fan this weekend after 16 years away. 16, which te- Actually, technically I did updates for him a couple times, but they were really angry about that. I was working for another radio station at the time, and it was a company policy, and the bosses at 105.7 were not happy to hear my voice on their radio station. It's a long story. I have not done a show from the building in 16 years, but that changes this Sunday when Rita and I make our debut 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Uh, probably the only person that was on staff at 105.7 the last time I was there that's still there. He hasn't gone anywhere is a guy that um, I was really close with and uh, did a lot for me as I was making my way in, despite the fact that I was wildly unqualified at the time at 22 years old. You hear him on the Big Bad Morning Show, and I hear he's done other things in his career. He is my friend, Ed Norris, and he is with us now here on GCR. Ed, what's going on, pal? How are you? <laughs> Nothing, man. I can't believe you're back. I, dude. It's pretty exciting. Dude, when you heard that, you because you more than anybody know how over the years I would not have been welcomed back <laughs> over by certain people in that building. There were times where this would have been impossible. It's so funny when I had the first meeting with Chuck, I was like, Chuck, do you know my history here? <laughs> like, yeah. They, uh, that wouldn't have happened. It's, it is wild to me. I try to tell people I have no idea why it is that, they, that you guys let me. Why did you let me go on the air when I was 22 years old and a bumbling idiot? Why did you allow that? Oh, you were talented. You were fun. I loved having you on the show. Just, I love it. And then I love the ride to the airport when I was commuting this, to Tampa. Okay, so I, I can never have you. this is actually a fact. So this is a true story. <laughs> Ed and I, like, so Ed, he's a very good guy, and Ed and I would hang out because I was 22. I had nothing to do. I had no obligations. I had no nothing. We would do the show. Then I had to be back in the afternoon to do another show on 1300. So there was like a four-hour span in there where I had nothing to do. And Ed was like, eh, we're going to go have some lunch and maybe a drink. (laughs) And that would turn into a couple of drinks. And then I'd be like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be on 1300 right now. Would race back over drunk. Like, yeah. drunk. Not much has changed. I'm meeting Jeremy right now. Like, right Are you really? You. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That is pretty funny. So Ed at one point said, hey, do you want to make a couple of extra bucks? And being 22 and broke, the answer was, yeah, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. He said, I'll throw you like 20 bucks a week if you ride me to the airport on Friday and pick me back up on Sunday. And I was like, yes, sir. Absolutely. Until the Sunday that I completely forgot. <laughs> and in fact, not only did I forget, this is this is a straight shoot. I had borrowed Ed's car for the weekend and didn't tell him. <laughs> straight shoot. Ed was renting a car. You had like a like a hookup with somebody, didn't you? Wasn't there like a, a sponsor yeah, or something like that? A friend of that enterprise was doing favors for us. So so Ed had a car, 
And he was like, you know, you can drive that down to drop me off at the airport so you don't have to use your gas money. And I, there was something, again, because I was 22 and broke, I don't think that my car, my car busted or something like that. So without telling Ed, I just took his car for the weekend and then forgot to pick him up at the airport on Sunday. Yeah, those were the days. <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days. What's going on with you, man? How are you? Good. I mean, good. I mean, a lot's transpired since then. Yeah, that's 16 years. I'm, on the, I'm there 17 years now. It's hard that's to believe. Un- that's unreal. That is lots, unreal, lots dude. changed. What's going on in my life? And, uh, things are good, though. How's, 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 your, one. how's your son? My son, yeah, my son. My son, this, uh, <laughs> I just spotted him yesterday. He's mentioned like 315 now. Holy He's 23 crap. Years old. Holy crap. <laughs> Ed's son. Yeah, Ed's son, who I remember. Not a boy anymore. Yeah, he was six. He exactly. Was six at that point. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, so a couple things I got to cover with you. I Jeremy swears no one's going to try to, like, give me a swirly or anything that like that over there. But I know no. you better than that. I know there's <laughs> got to be some hazing that you have in mind as I make my return to the station this weekend. It's, but if I tell you, it's not a surprise. Ah, damn it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what is you? Do you have... Again, let me make sure I don't get anybody in trouble. Do you have a fun hazing thing that you guys used to do when you were a cop? Like, again, not one that would be problematic. Do you have a fun hazing story that you could tell? Yeah. I remember we get, <laughs> you get rookies in, and, like, you usually start on foot. But the first day they were assigned to a radio car, they were thrilled because they felt like they were, you know, seasoned cops at that point. So we would always do something. And one time, we, I don't know how they did this. But they put a couple of pigeons in the kid's car, <laughs> and unbeknownst to him, and he got in and didn't know. And then he gets in there, start flying around and flipping them out. Yeah, it's got to be crap good. everywhere in that car. Yeah, of course, just pigeon yeah. pigeon s everywhere you look. Yeah. Oh, and you're responsible right. for cleaning it. And all oh, that's stuff. wonderful. Yeah. See, that's good hazing. I like that hazing. Yeah. That's that's next level. To where the f do you get pigeons? <laughs> It's New York City. <laughs> All right, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, you just everywhere. walk outside, right? <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right, I'm the idiot. That's a good point. Ed Norris with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Did did you at what point into this did you decide it was like you were you were cool with this being what you did for your life? Like at what point in were you like, yeah, you know, I don't mind just getting up and bitching about sports every morning for four hours? It was kind of, it took a couple of years because you know you know the original show was kind of a. a pop culture we did everything yep and then we did some sports and then they flipped the station to the fan and they fired everybody uh, except me they asked me to stay and they asked me to go to mornings i was like Ugh, that's a lifestyle change bro it sure is oh 3 30 wake-ups come quick every day um so i wasn't crazy about it again it was really it's, it's a grind but then i just got to like it i'm like you know it's like how dare you <laughs> bitch about working, you know, you're off at 10 to 11 o'clock in the morning, you make good money, you talk about sports, you can wear, you know, you can wear sports clothes, you can wear, I, I mean, I wear hockey sweaters and shorts to work. 100%. So it's like, I'm not going to complain, I'm not unloading trucks, I'm not digging ditches, uh, then, like I said, you better shut up and just enjoy this, and I have for the last seventeen years. You do you find yourself how invested are you? Like, because I remember, like, I, you know, I would come do sports with you, and you were really into it. Like, I felt like it was the part of the show that you actually look forward to the most when you were doing the old show. Are, are yeah, you? Well, be, people forget. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> the problem I had was, you know, other people came in and they were in sports broadcast with you. That's what they aspired to do, and you know, everybody assumed they did. When I got the job, I 
Well, he's a police commissioner. What the hell was he? In it? But I mean, I played football in college. I mean, I boxed as an amateur. I, you know, I played hockey as a young uh, young guy. I love sports, and I'm a huge sports fan. I was, a, you know, I wasn't a Division One athlete. I played D three, but right. I still played the college level. I boxed AAU, and I just I love sports. I, I love competition. I've always loved sports. I was like, so it's, it was a natural fit. I guess that's why they asked me to stay when everyone else was like. By the way, this is a straight shoot too. One day I bumped into Ed at Ravens practice, and I hated going to Ravens practices. Like, it just it does not do anything for I say, I've gone the other way. You remember me when I was, like, in love with the idea of, like, doing sports for a living, and now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm six. Yep. Now I've, and now I've um, you know, I've got more of an edge at this point in my life where I'm like, <laughs> no, this sucks. I'd rather be doing anything else. And I remember I said to Ed, like, why would you come out and do this? And Ed straight shoot said, like, I just love football. Like, I love this stuff. I'm like, really? How? I hate this. is the least enjoyable part of the job. <laughs> I know. I love I even love watching drills. <sighs> they reminded me of, I played football for 10 years, so I, I just love watching them practice. So I love weird the drills. Me. I just love being around football. This gave me a chance to, you know, to be, and it's cool. Like, I mean, I've, you know, I get to talk to John Harbaugh now. And, you know, yeah. once in the blue moon, we'll hang out somewhere. I'm going to have lunch or happy hour or something. Um, you know, it's it's just a very cool thing. A lot of people would, you know, they'd give anything to be doing this. So I you just got to appreciate it. Uh, not not the watch and practice part. That part sucks. Like, you're not going to get love it. You're so weird in that way. You are so strange, <laughs> dude. We're in a lot of ways. But yeah, well, okay. I, I, I know that as well. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> and I, and I, anyway, anyway. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, moving forward. Hey, um, you uh, have you? I'm assuming you know you read. We own the city, right? It's... I actually have not. Really? Okay. I have not. I mean, it's why I've talked to Justin Fenton about it, and I, David Simon, obviously, and all that. Um, so I mean, I know the story, but I have not read the uh, the books. Okay. I I finally read it a couple weeks ago, and I I, I crammed the entire series over the weekend because they sent me a screener of it, and I, it's fascinating to me because we we've talked a lot about. You know, this was awful what was going on. Like, this is insane what was going on. But there's this difficulty within the fraternity of the police where, you know, your intent is to protect your own, right? Like, that's the way that it worked. Can you you describe to people how something like this could happen? Because I feel, Ed, like the most difficult part of reading the book for me was questioning Mm -hmm. how corruptible I might be. That was the difficult, like in reading the book, and I told I was talking to Justin about it this week. I said, dude, it felt like you, what you, the subplot of the book was you asking every single person that was reading it, how corruptible might you be if you were in the same situation? That's an interesting take because I, I talked about this, unrelated to the GTTF, I was talking about other things on, on my show, and I told, I was telling the story, but they, some people just shouldn't come on. Like, if you ever saw the thing about the 7 5 with Dowd? Uh, yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I was on the job in New York. I was an NYPD officer when that broke. And okay. Dowd was just a criminal who became a police officer. And that's unusual when guys come in and he's predisposed to be thugs. Um, but the other thing is they show you a film when you come on called the Erosion Series. Internal Affairs makes you watch it. And it talks about if you don't nip things in the bud, sometimes guys, they, they take a little, they take a little, a free meal, then this, then a gift. And then before you know it, they think it's normal and it's okay. Right. And And it's just, and then what happens? We had a similar scandal when I was in, in New York, in Harlem, and it, we found that we very often when these things happen, the people who were doing it were recruited or hired 
when there was like a huge hiring that needed to be done quickly, the backgrounds weren't thoroughly done. Um, very often they worked steady hours. They worked midnight to eight, which is a really insular shift where there's no people around really, you know, except you and the truck dealers and you know, whoever else hangs out at three o'clock in the morning. And your world becomes really different, and you get a distorted view of the world. And and then and if you were in a group of people where nobody's really watching you, like if the supervisor involved like wasn't GTDF, it's a real problem because they're the ones that are supposed to you know watch out for this stuff. If the sergeant, the lieutenant's involved, then it's a problem. And I th- that that's usually how it happens. And we had one in, in New York like that, the 30th precinct. And then, and then at that point, it's almost like, what am I supposed to do, Saint? But the one guy, Kostopoulos, was the only one that said no, right, the entire time, and he only right. said no because yep. he thought he was being tested. He was like, I, I thought, right. I thought they were trying to, to to get me, and so I said no. Like, yeah, which they do. I mean, it, it's nuts, bro. And I felt like, because again, I, and I, I'm not trying to compare it in any way. And, and in no world do I think I am anything like Wayne Jenkins. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. But, yeah. you know, I think we all remember, I'm 22 in the radio industry, we're giving away some, like, concert tickets, and I'm like, hey, my girlfriend likes Justin Timberlake. Uh, right. You know, like, I, you know, and I worry, but, I think yeah. that through. I'm like, man, could could I have been corruptible? Yeah, I, I don't think so, because I think this is a vast difference between guys that do that. There's concert tickets, there's sweatshirts laying around, you know, there's things like that. in the police department, like, you know, some local merchants want to feed you or something, because they like right. to in the restaurant. Right. Um, things like that, but I think it's, it takes a really certain a different individual to actually stick people up at gunpoint, correct? Steal their money, drug dealers or not? Yes. And I was always terrified, you know, because they, they do watch you all the time. They do set you up. Like I was in narcotics in New York. I was an undercover when I was very young, and then I was a supervisor. And I remember once I had eighty five thousand dollars in cash in a bag that I had a voucher. You know, we recovered it from a search warrant. I'm like. And you think about it, like, is this a test? Like, they it's a great, right? right? You, you, you're stamping the money and you're going through it, put it in the counter and stuff. But that was always in my mind that this is a test, that's a test. So you never even yeah, they're going to count every dollar. Yeah, you come they back do. with 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 eighty yeah. eighty four seventy eight, and there's going to be an issue. Like, yeah, and the fact is, those dollars have been recorded on a copy machine, and they have every serial number of every dollar that they test you with, and they'll be in your possession. So that's how they get you. That's crazy, man. That is crazy. Are are you gonna watch or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, let's see it. I was David Simon. He, you know, he, I know that's your guy. He, I know that he's my guy. Yeah. I will never say a bad word about David. He. He gave me work when my world caved in. I was on the wire when I had no other job. I was acting, and uh, I'll never forget what he did for me. So, and, and, I, and I saw, you know, stuff. I saw because you don't do a lot on social media, but I saw you post something really nice about Michael K. Williams. Yeah, well, that broke my heart because it turns out Michael Williams and I. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's younger than me, obviously. He was younger. But we, he went to my neighborhood high school. We were from the, the wow. same neighborhood in Brooklyn. Wow. So I got to know him on the set a little bit. And he was such a nice guy. And I had a great, I think you saw the picture I posted. Uh, yep. me, uh, him and um, uh, we were there at um, Brewer's Art. That's where it was. And um, he, he's just a wonderful human being. With him, but he had a problem. He had demons with drugs. And, and his fentanyl is just, uh, you know, they got to do something about this. Because so many people are dying from this. You know, drug dealers are lacing the heroin and other things, the cocaine with fentanyl, and it's 50 it's times stronger than heroin. terrifying. It kills people routinely, and it's, it's a terrible thing. And, it's, and he was a massive talent. I mean, you look at what he's done. He's been in a bunch of movies. He did a great job in Boardwalk Empire. He was great in the Y. I mean, Omar is... Yes. Omar Cummins is like a, you know... It's one of the most iconic characters in television history, correct. Ah, 100%. Yes. I mean, people have never watched The Wire know who Omar is. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And he's so gifted. He's so... I only ever had a couple of conversations with him over the years, but like... 
man, it was just talking to him about it was so. Sp- you were talking to an actor. You were talking to an artist. Like he was professional. He oh, was a real pro. God, he was yeah. unbelievable, man. All right. Well, this is uh, this is cool for me, Ed. This is uh, this is really cool for me doing this with you. Let's uh, let's I, let's do this again. All right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I didn't definitely. I didn't I didn't tell you this, but I, I've actually this is a straight shoot too. I over the years had been reaching out to you on an old phone number. <laughs> oh, really? And I found that out from Jeremy this week. I was like, you know, it's weird. I've reached out to Ed. like when when your book came out. I had. Uh, right. When uh, when it was the tenth anniversary of the wire, in fact, I reached out because oh. we were doing a ton of stuff, and I just never managed, bothered to ask you anything like that. So I feel bad about that. Um, <laughs> I feel bad that I just waited this long before I finally figured out. But we'll do it more often. Of course, the I Big Bang. You found me. The Big Bad Morning Show every morning on 105.7 The Fan. Is there anything else going on in your world that I can get a plug in for you? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm, you know, I've done some other acting since, but uh, I'm not doing much. I mean, I wrote the book. The book was a Big, uh, big thing for me, and so I wrote a book. I did some other acting. I was flown to London to do Jackie Ripper documentary. Um, I've done some other stuff. I'm doing some consulting for you know crime fighting, and it's, it's become a real problem in the United States right now. No. So do a little bit of that. No, and uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and uh, I just I'm doing a lot of things like that. Living downtown again, so it's. it's been good. Very cool, man. Ed, it's great to hear from you, my friend. Really appreciate you taking a couple minutes for us, and we'll catch you up again real soon. All right. It's... Absolutely. Welcome back. Good luck. And uh, don't be surprised if you see me in the building. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Ed Norris, right, joining us here on GCR from 1057 The Fan. And my first job in radio was basically it was Ed's sports guy slash personal assistant. I was, it was very clear to me when I walked in on the first day and Ed was talking about how much he had to do. And the guy who ran the company was like, well, just have these guys do it. <laughs> and like, he had no idea who I was. He just pointed at me. He's like, why do you think he's here? Just have him do it. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so you got that to look forward to is you try to break your way into the business, Austin. That's, that's the way things look. Um, all right, uh, let's get tidbit and tubular now because Isaiah Brockington is going to join us here in a few minutes. So we'll do that, and then we'll have Isaiah Brockington join us, and then we'll wrap up the show that way. By the way, <clears throat> cash another. Just no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. I'm only up about 600 bucks today. That's all. Only up about 600 really? bucks. Really? Yep. That's insane. Yep. That's insane. Think about to play another one. How are we feeling about... Tomek Baytog and Martin Kolick. They're going to the fifth set. Martin Kolick. You're a Kolick man? I thought I was a Baytog guy. I'll just go with mm. the, the cool names I think is working. So which one do you think is you think Kolick is cooler than Baytog? No, Baytog. You like Baytog? Yeah. It's two to one. You're out. Sorry. <laughs> We're riding. We're Baytog. Oh, they just locked it up. Uh, hang on. It'll come back in a second. <laughs> We're going to do this. We're betting the second cup. <laughs> oh, man. They can't pay for this type of publicity. This is the most conversation that's ever occurred <laughs> about the Setka Cup. We should, we should get somebody from the Setka Cup. I would, love, I would love to do a segment about the Setka Cup. Not really. I don't really think we should do that. <laughs> I mean, we should, but you know, it'd be for us. It'd be for nobody else. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by the new print issue of Pressbox. Oh, you know what? Can you, Austin, do me a favor. Run out and check over along the wall over there. See if the Adley Rutschman cover of Pressbox, if there is a copy of that over there that we can uh, show up for everybody because it's, it's available now. It hit newsstands yesterday. A great cover story from Luke Jackson where he really spent some time with the Rutschman family 
learning more about Adley's passion for baseball, where it comes from, his love of catching, the interactions that he has with pitchers, all of those things, he really dove deep into that relationship between Adley Rutschman and the game of baseball. Great story. You can go pick up that print issue right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all. PressBoxOnline.com. And who? Austin's running back in with a new print issue of PressBox, so I can show it to you in case you haven't seen it yet. Look at this. Look at this immaculate cover. Oh, God. You just want to frame it. You just want to say, that's my guy, Adley Rutschman. He's going he's gonna to play baseball sometime, right? Like yeah. he's going to. The, uh, he, they said that they're having their first extended spring training game today. Okay. He's, he's not quite ready Well, yet, son of a bitch. But he's been hitting live pitching. They said he hit a homer in his first live pitching at bat and in Adley Rutschman fashion is what they said. Okay. Um, and that he's been doing defensive drills and throwing drills and the throwing progressions are coming along. We've got a little over a month to get him here so that this will be on stands when he makes his debut. That's pretty important to us. No pressure, though. No, no pressure whatsoever. No pressure. Please, please make that happen. Especially after um, Robinson Chirinos took a pitch to the face yesterday. That's right. And uh, so it's like a, a Boom Boom Bynum is going to be the guy for a little while. Boom Boom Bynum. Yeah, old, old <laughs> Freddie Boom Boom Bynum. Remember him? Remember old Freddie? And the sheriff of Nottingham. Whew. Wait, He's, what? Jacob Nottingham. He's got to come up, right? Oh, if, I didn't if, know that was. I had no idea that was a thing. That's that's well, the name I, of it. I would imagine. I mean, I, I just gave him the nickname, but I would but, imagine but that there's if a, there's Chirinos, a guy named Jacob Nottingham who's yeah, he I was never heard of him. Yeah, he, he's um. Never I think you actually him. mentioned him as a rule minor league. No, Did I? no, no. You know what? He wasn't a minor league rule five pick. He was a minor league signing. Okay. But if if Torino's, if Torino's has to miss time, I don't know who else will come up. They're not letting me get my bed in. They keep freezing it every time I hit the button. They're like this one guy I in just, Baltimore, Maryland, won too much money to bet on Ukrainian <laughs> ping pong. All right, uh, All right, go pick up the print issue. It's it's outstanding. And by the way, fine job, Austin. Being uh, you want to be Vanna White? You want to be the one to hold it up? You want to you know look at that? Look at that. There's a beautiful beautiful print issue of press box. It's lovely. Lovely. You want to do tidbit now? Yeah, sure. sure. Right. Um, yesterday, the Orioles picked up their fourth victory of the season, defeating the Oakland Athletics one to nothing. It was the team's third shutout of the season in just 12 games. For comparison purposes, the Orioles didn't pick up their third shutout in 2021 until July 18th, and only threw four for the entire season. Jordan Lyles picked up the win, his first with the Orioles, and the first for an Orioles starter since Zach Lowther defeated the Texas Rangers on September 23rd, a span of 21 games and like eight months. Uh, in fact, Lyle's win was just the third decision for an Orioles starter this season. So I got to thinking, with wins for Orioles starters and the team at such a premium, when was the last time a starting pitcher won 15 games? So I started digging and I learned that an Orioles starter has won 15 games just seven times, accomplished by five different pitchers in the post-Mike Mussina era. Who were those five pitchers? I, wait, it happened seven times? Mm-hmm. I'm actually stunned to learn that that's the case. The first occurrence in 2002. All right, you, you, Austin, you can get involved in this. Do you have a guess? I do not. Yeah, he's a Yankees fan, so I kind of... <laughs> like the Set or- him up. The Orioles had pitchers? What? <laughs> uh, Chris Tillman. Chris Tillman, he did it twice. He won 16 games in both 2013 and 2016. Jeremy Guthrie. No. They didn't win a lot of games when Jeremy no. Guthrie was pitching. Uh, Wei and Chen. He won uh, 16 games in 2014. How about Miguel Gonzalez? No. No. Did Gosman ever do it? No. Yeah. He had stretches where he pitched well, but (sighs) it's going to be really tough. Sidney Ponson. 
No, he won 14 oh, in 2003. Son of a bitch. Was that the year he got traded? He got traded to the Giants. He would have. He would have won. He would have won. He won 17 games total that year. God damn it. They Only that? 14 was for the Orioles. Was that Damian Moss and Kurt Ainsworth who they got in that trade? Was that the one? Uh, Come on, man. I, I thought you, so. I thought you were the baseball guy. <laughs> I thought, I <laughs> who the hell remembers role? return for Sidney Ponson in 2003? All I, I remember about that team is Ponson and David I, Cruz I, playing shortstop. You're, you're going to have to since Mike post Mike. You're going to have to give me some guess, uh, some hint. How many? We're we're missing four, um, right? You're missing three pitchers, three pitchers four occurrences. You have to give because I'm um, the seasons were 2002, 2005, 2006, and 2014. Who else had that many wins in 2014? Famous crotch grabber after striking out Mike Trout. I don't even remember that. Well, I probably do once I, you tell me who it is. He was terrible the next year. <sighs> Became a reliever. Became a reliever. After. Had like 22 saves for the, for the Angels a few years back. Wait, why am I, why am I blanking on this? This was the good Orioles team. This isn't good. Hang on a second. Don't, don't. No more hints. Yeah. I gotta guess this before Isaiah Brockington calls. I got three minutes. Uh, the other starters in fourteen. It was Tillman. Fourteen, fourteen, fourteen. The other. Oh God. Why is Bud Norris? Bud Norris. Okay. Won fifteen I games. I was about to, to say a guy with the same uh, last no. name was yeah. just on the show. Oh, right. I don't remember him going to the Angels though. Is the problem? I don't remember that. Uh, th at all. That was in like twenty eighteen. I believe you. I just don't remember it. That's that really threw me about that entire thing because I just don't remember it. All right, who else? Just tell me. Um, Rodrigo Lopez won fifteen games in both huh. two thousand two and two thousand five. Okay. And Eric Bedard won fifteen in two thousand six. Yeah, I probably should have guessed that. All right, very good. Tidbit was also brought to you today by Glory Days Grill. If you have not tried the spring seasonal menu, I would encourage you to do that right now. The opener, the flash fried pork belly with the popular Korean number two sauce, the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, house-made chips, Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Get your order in, glorydaysgrill.com. All right, uh, Tubular brought to you by, ironic, we just talked to Ed Norris. The Baltimore Police is who brings you totally tubular join a proud new generation of baltimore police make an active difference in your community start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one join for good bpdrecruit.org here's what's coming up totally tubular wise orioles athletics 337 first pitch tyler wells paul blackburn the pitching matchup for that on masson masson two diamondbacks nationals at four mlb network cardinals marlins at 630 rangers mariners at 930 TNT, all Western Conference playoffs tonight. Very weird bit. Everything was in the East last night. Everything's in the West tonight. I don't understand it. Grizzlies, T-Wolves, Game 3 at 7.30. Warriors, Nuggets, Game 3 at 10. Mavericks, Jazz, Game 3 at 9 on NBA TV. Uh, and no, I don't want to talk about the fact that Devin Booker's probably going to be out for two games. Thanks for asking, though. Appreciate it. ESPN, Maple Leafs, Lightning at 8 o'clock. ESPN Plus and the Hulu, Red Wings, Panthers at 7. Uh, College of Cross tonight, Carolina, Notre Dame at 6 on ACC Network. Golf Channel for round one of the PGA Zurich Classic at 3.30. The USA Network for Burnley and Southampton at 2.45. Throw out all the records when those teams get together. WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. Axis TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Uh, anything at all non-sports-wise, just one, maybe one or two things that you would throw in? Uh, yeah, so Magic Johnson's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight. And Imagine he'll be talking about the controversy surrounding winning time because everybody thinks it's supposed to be a documentary. <laughs> it's uh, not a documentary. Uh, it, Tinder Swindler, that's a documentary. Righteous Gemstones, that's documentary. Is it really? No, of course oh. not. 
It's the, it could have been. The ba- uh, <laughs> right, very much. It's ba- basically the Falwells, so uh, yes. Uh, Jason Bateman and Laura Linney are going to be on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert ahead of next yes. week's uh, premiere of the final episodes of Ozark. And then a new um, a new original, uh, Max original, uh, Amsterdam on HBO Max. Uh, that premieres tonight. And Marlon Wayans presents the headliners. Uh, it's a comedy special on uh, HBO Max. Right, and stuff good. and things. Very good. Our next guest is its really unique to me because I was enjoying watching him during the NCAA tournament with Iowa State. And he had played previously at Penn State. We had gotten to know this guy a little bit, and you might not have known just how unique his relationship is with the city of Baltimore. Because once upon a time, 25 years ago, his father helped Coppin State pull off one of the most shocking upsets in NCAA tournament history when they knocked off South Carolina at the time becoming just the second number two seed to win a game in the NCAA tournament. He's the son of Antoine Brockington. He was born here in Towson, and he's getting ready for the NBA draft. We welcome in former Iowa State Cyclone. Mr. Isaiah Brockington joins us now here on GCR. Isaiah, it's Glenn and Paul back in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, man. When, I, when, I, when you hear Baltimore, what mm-hmm. comes to mind for you? What do you think about when you hear the word Baltimore? Uh, Coppin. Yeah. Coppin State. Sure. And uh, just the way that they say certain things. Okay, like what? Like what? Hot dog and two. <laughs> like, just the unique ways that they... That's not, talk. that's not bad, bro. That is yeah. not bad. You stuck that out a little bit. He, uh, yeah. do, do you happen to know how we pronounce the word ambulance in Baltimore? Uh, no. Oh, okay, it's it's ambulance, and I've been thinking about it a lot because there's a new HBO show that starts next week, and you hear John Bernthal say ambulance a great deal during the course of the show, and it makes me happy. Um, I, yeah, you can definitely tell the Baltimore accent. I watched my dad's uh, Coppin State documentary. Uh, on it, on in Coppin, yeah, from, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You could tell Snoop's. Uh, yep. Accent. Felicia Pearson, of course, famously Snoop yeah. the Wire, uh, was was the narrator of On and Cop, and that was really cool. So, did, how much did you know? Like, did you realize who your dad was when you were a kid? Like, did you know th- th- how important this thing was, or when did that come to you? That like, holy crap, this was really cool. People really cared about that. Uh, really, when I was young, because I was like sort of a daddy's boy. Like, I always wanted to go wherever he was whenever he would go to gyms and things like that that's all everybody would talk about wow like everybody be like oh man your dad was this and that back in the day and everything like that they like i never went anywhere without somebody telling me how good he was and he was like you're gonna be better than him and things like that that's cool but did did you so did you always know it was basketball for you yeah pretty much yeah i've been playing basketball since like three years old wow like i just it's been the only thing that that i've really loved was was there a moment in your life where you realized how good you were that like this wasn't just something you were doing for fun or chasing you know after what your dad had done was there a moment in your life where it struck you like oh no dude i'm i'm a basketball player like this is what i'm doing with my life yeah uh probably sophomore year of high school um, cause my freshman year I didn't play varsity and I was kind of discouraged. So I, I came back, I grew from like five, nine to about six, one. That'll six, help. Two. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I grew, I started dunking. So I, man, 
you already, you know, couldn't tell me nothing. I was like, cool, I'm dunking. And then, you know, I, I went out there, played well uh, my sophomore season and got second team all Catholic. And I was like, oh, man, I got two more years of high school basketball. I was like, yeah, okay, maybe I could really – really do something with this you we're talking with isaiah brockington from iowa state he's getting ready for the nba draft I, isaiah you you know it's it's got to be weird you're, you're six four right mm-hmm. i imagine you still hear from people sometimes that you're undersized like what a weird world it yeah. is where you're six four and as you get ready to go into the nba people are like yeah but i don't know if that's big enough like how difficult mm-hmm. is that for you um really you know it, it is like a little difficult. I never really feel undersized. Um, but, you know, I feel like I have, you know, uh, a body that is, you know, ready for the physicality at the next level. Um, and, you know, it's just about uh, experiencing, you know, that, that level of physicality and really just going out there during workouts and camps, like showing what I can do. You know, I'm really explosive, really yeah. athletic. So the fact that guys may be an inch or so taller than me, like in, in the positions that I'd be guarding, like I just want to show that that doesn't make a difference. He is Isaiah Brockington. We're chatting with him here on Glenn Clark Radio. Isaiah, this season and the way that you explode, you had had really good seasons, obviously at Penn State and going back to St. Bonaventure, but exploding 17 points for a team that made a run to the Sweet 16. How much yeah. more confidence did that give you to be playing on the national stage and big games, having big games, that you were ready to translate this to the NBA? Um, honestly, this year I felt like the Big 12 was the toughest conference kinda, in the country. Kind of hard to argue. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was literally, you know, no bad teams. There were no bad losses. Like, every game you had to go out there and go – 110% to go out there and have a chance to win. Um, so, I mean, just playing well against competition like that, against defenses like that, and really adjusting, uh, you know, to the way that defenses were guarding me. A lot of defenses were, you know, face guarding me or trying to deny and things like that. So just, you know, watching film, learning, and learning how to overcome those things in such a tough league and still, you know, put together the the type of year that I had, it definitely gives me a lot of confidence just, you know, going to the next level. How did it happen for you? We asked this with an amount of, of, of hopefulness, Isaiah, because there's a lot of Maryland fans, as you know, in this area, and mm-hmm. they've got a first-year head coach coming in in Kevin Willard, and historically – you don't typically win all that much with a first-year head coach. And yeah. you certainly don't go from, like, missing the NCAA tournament to reaching the Sweet 16. And you sure as hell don't go from, like, barely winning any games to reaching yeah. the Sweet 16. How did this happen with, with you guys this season? How in the world were you able to do this and make this type of run? Um, really, it started with, with Coach TJ knowing – the type of system that he wanted to run and then just getting a group of guys that he felt would buy in gel well together as far as personalities and playing styles. And then, uh, you know, just going out there and executing, um, really, you know, obviously everybody, you know, there had heard or been there through, you know, the really tough two win season the year before, 
And we just went out there, like, trying to prove that we weren't them. Like, we were a completely different team uh, with completely different coach scheme and everything. And we were going out there as the underdogs. And we just kind of let that fuel us uh, every day. You know, nobody expected us to win. Or, or you know, every every good win, especially early on, was considered a fluke or there was an excuse. So, I mean, we just went out there, bought in, and played for each other. And, and we just had the right group of dudes uh, to make it work. I mean, it's it was an incredible thing to see unfold. And it gives us hope back here this way that something like that can be. And Maryland didn't only win two games this year, right? They don't even have to turn around nearly right. as drastically as you guys did, which mm-hmm. was maybe the most insane turnaround in the history of the sport. Just an unbelievable thing that people got to witness. Um, yeah. I, Isaiah, how much still do you feel like you have to prove? And, and what is it that you that you want NBA teams to know about you as a person, as a basketball player, that when you get the opportunity to sit down with a GM, with a head coach in the coming weeks and months, that you want them yeah. to walk away from it saying about you? Um, Like, really, I mean, I'm all business. And about basketball I've heard a lot uh like recently you know I'm 22 years old and you know a lot of the the young guys 18 19 year olds get considered like early in the draft yep. and things like that um just because they feel like oh these guys potential is you know sky high uh when you're older you're kind of looked at as uh as used goods they feel like you'll plateau uh quicker but you know, I want teams to know that, like, I've gotten better every year that I've been in college, um, and that's not something that is going to stop <laughs> once I leave college. I feel like my work ethic and, you know, my willingness to be coachable and willingness to learn uh, is something that's always going to follow me. And, you know, I, I want to show them that, you know, age is not a – something like a red flag or something that needs to be worried about with me. Uh, you know, I know what needs to be done. Uh, I've been in every role that you can imagine really throughout my uh, playing career. And I go out there and with the same mindset and I go out there and I get stuff done however it needs to get done. So it's, like, it's, it's just I wild just want teams to know that like experience is a detriment now you know right mm-hmm. like it's a wild way that the world has changed where like the fact yeah, that man. you've done all these things that like yeah but you know these other guys haven't so we like them more like it's just a weird right. it's a weird deal did, did you yeah, did you feel the love from the uh the cop and state community as the NCAA tournament was going on like did you feel that in a weird way, despite the fact that you, you know, clearly you, you you've never played there. Like you, you're not from. Yeah. Did you feel any of that? Yes, definitely did. I heard about it. I mean, you know, ever since we got you know selected on on you know selection Sunday, and you know, I would see tweets or, or get messages and things like that. Um, you know, just from people that knew my dad and, and knew you know the Coppin State story, and they would just you know wish me luck and congratulate me on the season that I had had. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely appreciate all of those people that, you know, support me because of what my dad was able to do cool. for the city. That's cool. And then this is the important one, Isaiah. At what age 
were you first legitimately able to beat your dad one on one? Like, at what age? Yeah. Did it, that that when? What was the first time it occurred? And what was what was it like for you the first time you knew you legitimately beat him straight up one on one? So he stopped wanting to play me around. <laughs> 16 my junior year so i was 16 junior year in high school and we used to have these open run like go to these open runs like with you know 30 year old guys like older guys sure he knew uh on the weekends sometimes so we were usually always on the same team but there was like this one time (laughs) one time we were on opposite teams and i was guarding him and he tried to hit me with like his patented move and like obviously, like you I've know, been watching it. it. Yeah, right. I've been watching it for 16 years. Right. Like I know what's coming, and you're about to kick your leg out so that I can't get to you. But he tried his move, and I blocked it, and I went down the other end and dunked it. And the whole the whole gym was like, "Oh, oh that's awesome!" Oh, but, but like we've never like he he never he doesn't want to play me one on one. I've <laughs> I've been able to beat him for a while now. He just he just can't keep up with it. That's awesome. athletic no more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, come on, man. Guys, the guy's yeah, well into his forties now. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah, right. He can't he can't take you. There's no question about that. Yeah, but he can definitely still shoot. That's cool. That's cool, man. That's really, really cool. Isaiah man, it's so great to chat with you. What what can we plug for you? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. Where can folks from this area, Coppin fans, be giving you a follow as you go through this process? Yeah, so my Instagram and Twitter are the same. So it's at the only IZB. So T H E O N L Y I Z B on both platforms. Very good, dude. We're so happy for you. It was really cool watching watching you guys in the tournament. What you were able to accomplish and. We felt a little bit about that, you know. When, when we didn't, when our team wasn't there, it was neat to have something secondary to kind of be rooting for and the success that you were having, bro. Congratulations on everything. Best of luck to you as you go through this process, and and hopefully the next time we chat with you, it's as uh, you're succeeding in the NBA and and moving towards some significant accomplishments. Appreciate you taking yes, the time. Yes, sir. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys having me. It was great talking to you. Isaiah Brockington from uh, Iowa State, getting ready for the NBA draft. Of course, the son of Antoine Brockington, the former Coppin State star. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. All right, that'll do it for the Glenn Clark radio portion of today's program. When we come back in, we will transition into Weekend at Bookies. want to thank everybody who joined us today want to thank uh, Ed Norris. That was very cool for me. It's been a long time since I caught up with Ed. Um, want to thank uh, oh, Noah Batchelor, right? The, uh, the first to commit at the University of Maryland. Also want to thank Isaiah Brockington, who just joined us. We'll get all of that up in the greatest hit section of the archive tab at glennclarkradio.com. Had to pad there for a second just to drag that out long enough. <laughs> um, coming up on the program tomorrow, uh, Sarah Perlman. The uh, future Mrs. Mancini, who is working uh, NBC for the USFL. He, she does a lot of betting stuff, too. Um, but we're going to talk to her about that. A rumor that Jermaine Johnson might join us on the program tomorrow, who I think is a lot of Ravens fans' preferred selection with the 14th pick, should he fall there. And do we have anything else that's solid for tomorrow? Is it just stuff and, stuff and things? St- stuff and stuff things. And do you things. think she changes her name to Sarah Mancini or No, she's in, she's in the business. I don't think she just sticks with Sarah Perlman. I think Fair she'll enough. continue to be that. Um, Austin's going to hang out with us for uh, the next program as well, so I'll let him get his plugs in at the end of that. 
Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including oh, the good folks at Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter, at third. Thanks to Ryan, at Ryan is how you follow him. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. When we come back in, it'll be Weekend at Bookies. If you're with us on video, just hit refresh. We'll be back in a bit. And if you're with us on audio, do nothing. We'll see you for Weekend at Bookies next. Welcome into Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, live casino and hotel. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. Austin Colt sitting in with us for Weekend at Bookies again, and he's been a big winner at the FanDuel Sportsbook at live casino and hotel. Cleaned up on Scotty Scheffler before the Masters and put massive dollars on it. They put what did you say? Five million dollars is what you put on it. Five, turn off. Yeah, sorry. Five million was the number. Yeah, five million. Boy, that's a hell. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> Why wouldn't you be in Tahiti, man? What the hell are you doing with your life? He put $5 on it. But it was still a good bet. It was still a very, not as good of a bet as I've been making this morning, but a good bet nonetheless. Uh, all right, uh, coming up on the program, we will chat with our buddy Brad Krunthal from Alloy Sports. Uh, we're going to dive into the data and look at uh, the basketball slate and the Major League Baseball slate in just a couple of seconds. Andrew Stetka will check in with us for his stats and figures this week. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel. That's where we're going to be next Thursday night. Myself and the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. We will be hanging out with you for the first round of the NFL Draft. Great giveaways, all sorts of stuff going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook. We want you to come join us. And we're actually giving away an opportunity for you to come join us. If you go to pressboxonline.com slash contests right now, you can sign up to win a reserve table for four on what is going to be an insanely busy night, standing room only type of night. You got one of the uh, you got the reclining seats when you were there for the Masters. You I were did. sitting pretty, yeah. That was a good spot to be. Um, you want to come join us for the NFL Draft, you can get a reserve table for four, you and three of your friends, with a $300 tab. And that doesn't exclude booze. You can food, booze, it's all in there. $300 to use at your discretion that night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I did have one of you, Weisenheimer, say, what if I just want to use the $300 on me? To my knowledge, that's I think you can do that. If you were a selfish jerk who just wants to run up your own $300 tab and not invite any of your friends, 
I believe you could do that. I think but this goes back to the no friends thing. Like that, you know, that, just somebody that, who doesn't have any friends. That would probably invite. be me. Again, I would, but you can make friends. <laughs> all my all my best you think friends. Austin live wouldn't want to come. You think Austin wouldn't want to come with you if you told him that you had a three hundred dollar tab for is, the night? Is is Austin of age? He's got a young face. Oh yeah, I should know. Uh, no, I you're a senior. Yeah, 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 exactly okay. right. Yeah, he's good. He's good. All right, Austin, you and me. If I win, you and me. Yeah, buddy. right. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you're eligible. I'm so sorry. I was gonna ask that. Mrs. Valley might be eligible if you want to have her put in. Yeah, right. Yeah, have, to, right. have her do that. Yeah, but then she's going to want to... And technically, Austin doesn't get paid, so you could have Austin, I think, register to win. And then... Oh, uh, that, I, that, I got bad news, though. Austin's got friends. I met him. Uh, <laughs> so you probably wouldn't make hey, the cut. I had an eight-man wedding party. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right. But you had to walk around town saying, what are you doing on Friday night? The one guy comes in... The one guy had, was in my wedding party. He comes in and uh, comes into my restaurant doesn't even request to sit in my section. <laughs> Jerk. That's rough. What That's a jerk. a rough scene, bro. What a rough jerk. Rough scene. Anyway, the point is go to pressboxonline.com slash contests and sign up to win uh, a VIP experience for the first round of the NFL draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. This man might not even know because I don't know if he's been listening this morning. This man has a European, a Ukrainian ping pong tournament named after him. For some reason, they forgot the other T, though. It's just the Setka Cup. I'm not sure why that is. He is our buddy, Andrew Stecka, and he's with us now on Weekend at Bookies. What's going on, pal? You wouldn't believe how many different letters have get, been thrown into my name or taken out of my name over the years. Like, very well, maybe. I've, 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 heard, I've had L's thrown into my last name before and R's. It's very, very We've strange. decided, because I've been having so much success betting Ukrainian ping pong, that we are going to hope when you're home. Have you decided when you're coming to pay off your, your debts? Yeah, I informed you of that like a month it's and a half in, ago. It's in May, right? Yeah, it's in like three weeks. That's what I... Oh, what? It's three weeks? Oh, holy crap. It's April 21st. I guess it is in three weeks. Yeah. Oh, my. Very soon. Hey, bro. A lot going on over here, okay? I hear you. Lock, yeah, it'll, 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 be, it'll be in a couple of weeks. Remind me, so the date is the... It's the... What is the actual date? Uh, the date is the 13th of May. Oh, my God. It really is only a couple of weeks away. So while it's you're here... three weeks from tomorrow. While yeah. you're here, we're going to host... The Stetka Cup. We're gonna have okay. a ping pong tournament that day, and we're gonna establish odds. Are you any good? I'm okay at ping pong. Yeah. What, what about you, Paul? Are you any good? Mm, you're not good at turning the microphones on. I know that much. <laughs> um, no, I'm not good no? at ping pong. Austin, you want to play in the Stetka Cup? You want in? You I, wanna... I could be in. Are I'm you not, good? I'm not great at ping pong. All right, good. Because if you're any good, we can't have you in this tournament. It's got to be all very average ping pong players. We'll open it up to any other average ping pong players. We'll establish. I have a feeling I'm going to be at a disadvantage here with my back having just been waxed. I'm going to be. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's not like you'll be puking up a, a, a sardine and tuna fish juice. It won't be the no, only thing waxed after this tournament. Oh, Paul Valley talking. This, you, I let you get that one out. I didn't step all over you <laughs> like you did me, jerk. All right, we're gonna do the Stetka Cup the day on on the. Well, again, the date is the thirteenth. You said that's the date. Yeah, three the, weeks from tomorrow, the thirteenth of May. The thirteenth, we're hosting the Stetka Cup. You know what we might do? We might just modify the conference room table into a ping pong table. Like in the office. It, exactly right. Like, which almost makes it even better, right? Because it's not real. Like, there's nothing about the competition that's legitimate. So the net we're going to set up is a bunch of plastic uh, I think we Coke, should. I think tabs. we should. I think that's exact. You're in charge now, all right? You're going to create the net for the, the Stetka Cup. I'm on it. All right, very good. All right, Andrew Stetka, you had a good week last week. 
Yeah, we did all right. We won the uh, we won the Liverpool Manchester City uh, parlay, and we and we won the Mets on opening day. A couple of the futures for the for the Masters didn't quite work out, um, but that's okay. Those are some you know those are like longer shots that we've got to take you know every now and again. We got to shoot some deep threes and hope that some of them go in. Yeah, right. They don't always shooters shoot. They say that's what I heard. You yeah, should have been absolutely. listening to Austin. He would have told you the play with Scotty Scheffler, and he bet five million dollars on it. So I bet you feel stupid. All right, yeah. um, stats and figures for this week. Where are you starting? Uh well are you are you a roulette player at all Glenn? No I'm not actually. Uh I uh well hang on. Are we talking literally or figuratively here Andrew Stecka? I mean, did you have a figurative roulette? Yeah, I've, I've done some things in my life that are a little bit like Russian roulette. Okay. Well, I, I really like roulette, and what I like doing when I look at, at the, the board is I like seeing what numbers have hit a lot and going the other way. I think that's a pretty common trend, right? Um, if you look at the Baltimore Orioles, there's something going on here that's kind of weird, and you guys have been talking about it a lot, but it's their the, pitching has been really good. And it led them and the unders, to 11-0-1 yeah. with the under this season. Uh, that's got to change at some point, guys. <laughs> that's got to change. Well, you say Their that. The team and the teams they're playing have got to start scoring some runs at some point. And the over-under for runs in today's Athletics Orioles game is down to seven. Um, I'm hammering the over on that, even with a minus-122 VIG, um, because I don't think this, this trend can continue. Have, I get that have, these are two Have there been seven right total runs scored in this series, Andrew? Yeah, I hear you, and that's why I'm I'm zigging here when you might expect me to zag. Um, very it's much. also not really your typical getaway day. Um, Oakland's staying home. The Orioles, it's not like they're coming back east or anything and just going to be up there swinging away. They're just popping down to L.A. after this game. Plus, the teams didn't really play late last night because they moved that game up, so it's not like it's a typical getaway game where you might expect um, you know hitters to just go up there swinging and trying to get the game over with. I feel like, um, especially with... with with guys like Tyler Wells and Paul Blackburn on the mound, I feel like we might see some runs. So give me the mm-hmm. over seven runs in the Orioles. Uh, didn't, isn't Tyler Wells pitched well? Hasn't no pun intended? Hasn't uh, hasn't he got he got lit up his first start and he gave up four runs in the second inning and then he was oh, Blackburn has actually pitched pretty well. But I, come on, guys, are we expecting these things to continue? I'm, no. I'm, I'm some of us. Like I don't know if you heard. Some of us actually like the team. I don't know if you you're familiar with True. that. Yeah. I, still I mean, know look, who they I'm are. saying this for today. I'm also saying the over-under number for the Orioles going forward a little bit because these numbers are going to start to even out a little bit. You, don't, you don't see things like stretches of 11-0-1 uh, hitting very often. So I think I feel like those numbers will start to even out a little bit over the next handful of weeks. All right, very good. Next on your list, Stetson figures. Uh, let's go to soccer before we get into the NBA uh, playoffs. Uh, Arsenal-Manchester United is a big matchup this weekend. And I really don't have a feel for who's going to win the match. Um, it's a it's a battle. Both teams are fighting for the fourth, uh, the coveted fourth spot uh, for the Champions League right now, as I'm sure you know. Um, and I don't think either team is going to sit back in this game, so I'm expecting goals. So I have a parlay of both teams to score and over two and a half goals. That's plus one eleven. Um, both of these teams are not really that great defensively, and I I have feel like they have incentive to go after the game and not just sit back and accept the draw because they're both chasing fourth, the fourth place right now. Um, there's also the little added um, interest that I have in this match about Cristiano Ronaldo potentially returning. Um, as oh. everyone knows, he, he uh, suffered a tragedy in his life earlier this week. He had a, a newborn pass away, but he's been back in training already with the club. And okay. uh, this is, that's a guy who you always kind of can, can lean on to score a goal or two, even if he comes off the bench 
uh, in a situation on uh, this game is on Saturday. On Saturday, I, I just feel like there are goals to be had in this game. So give me both teams to score and over two and a half goals in the match at plus one eleven. All right, I like that. That's bold. You, and your soccer parlays have been pretty good so far. So I might, I might join you on that one. Andrew Steck is with the Stetson Figures here on Weekend at Bookies. So you say basketball is next on your list? Basketball for the next two. Um, this this Dallas Utah series is very strange to me. Uh, coming in, I loved Dallas, and even without Luka Doncic, I, I'm, I'm, I've been thinking the Mavericks are the play here. Utah, it, it's a weird matchup, and even though they won Game One, um, that you can still get Dallas to win this series at plus odds, uh, even with the series sitting at one one. And I, I get that Luka Doncic might not be back tonight or even in Game Four, but Utah is a, is a bad matchup with them when when Dallas could play small ball. Uh, we saw that in Game Two. Uh, it kind of pulls Rudy Gobert out of position. And, look, I, I know Utah has talent and everything, but I still like Dallas at plus 164 to win this series against Utah right now. Hmm. We also have a little bit of history with this. Utah kind of blew it against the Clippers last season in the postseason. So uh, I like Dallas at plus 164 to outright win this series against Utah because you're still getting those those plus odds right now. I, I This one's tougher for me. I would need to see Jalen Brunson again in and not saying to do what he did in game two but if they're not going to have Luka Doncic I do think they need to have someone who they can rely on and it was clearly Brunson in game two so I'd still I would almost need to see him do that not that but something like that again to feel comfortable before I could jump. that's the first one that I think you and I are going to kind of separate on not saying that I hate it as much as I'd be uncomfortable making that bet because I think so much sort of rests right now on Brunson's shoulders because with Maxi Kleber, like I, I just don't know who it is that you're going to rely on when you need to score points. I also think this is a little bit of a bet on Doncic actually returning by game four. I don't know that he'll be back for tonight. He's been upgraded to questionable, but uh, and a lot of times when we see that, we do think that these you. guys are going to make a return. But right. I do think this is a little bit of a bet Again, at plus odds, on with the value being there on him actually returning by Game Four or Game Five in this series, and I think that obviously gives the Mavericks a huge boost. You're going to see the line in in, in each That's individual true. game yep. shift probably by two and a half, three points when when he does actually get back into the lineup. All right, and the last one, Stetson figures. The last one you're not going to like, and I oh, I don't like a, it either. You I'm son of a be bitch. Completely honest with you, but we're we're going to go to the Suns Pelican series, and you know. Friday night, this this series returns. I like the Pelicans on the money line in Game 3, and frankly, I'm probably going to bet them in Game 4 as well. Not expecting that I'm going to win both, but I am expecting that the Pelicans win one of these games at home. Um, when Devin Booker has missed games this season, the Suns are 8-6 and six without him. Yep. And that's not a terrible record, but you'd like it for it to be a little bit better when you're talking about the postseason. Uh, but I went and dove into to who those games were against. Those losses, those six losses, were against uh, only two of those teams that are really, you know, like playoff worthy: uh, Golden State and Milwaukee. The other ones were to some pretty bad teams. Granted, they were kind of down the stretch when when Booker wasn't hurt; he was more resting. But they only have one of those eight wins over a playoff caliber team. That was the Boston Celtics when Booker has been out. So I don't, you know. We saw a lot when Chris Paul was out with the Suns and, and how it, it didn't really, they didn't really have to do a whole lot in, the, in order to change. Booker is, is still kind of the catalyst offensively for them, but they average six points less per game when Booker does not play. Um, I still think that the Suns can win this series. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to bet on 
the Pelicans to completely knock the Suns out. But I do think that the Pelicans can get one of these games at home and at least push this to maybe a six or seven game series. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I look, I can't tell you you're wrong. Um, I think that the Suns will be better than they were in the second half of that game the other night, particularly For because sure. their transition defense was just so god awful. I mean, like, I've never seen anything like that. And they're a good defensive team. So that stands out a bit. I also think they got a little bit more time. Now, the real question is again, who's it's the same story. I, it can't be Chris Paul every night. Like, that, right. I said that even after game one before Devin Booker got hurt. It, you cannot be counting on Chris Paul to have performances like he had in the second half of game one every night to try to win a title. That ain't going to work. So who could it be? Well, the, I think the only other answer is Bridges, really. Um, I don't trust campaign. I don't trust Cam Johnson. You know, I, I, Bridges is kind of the only other reliable player that I would count on to be the guy for possessions to go through. I, I hear you, and I think that your thought process is right. I think that they're going to split the two games in New Orleans. Um, but and if you can get plus odds, which you're getting right now on the right, line, then you bet both of that. them. Right, correct. You end up, you end up that being that ends up being a profit at the end of the day. I hear you. Right, and that's and that's kind of where I'm at is 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 taking the taking the underdog in to, to to win one of the two games. You know, it's interesting the point you make about not being able to rely on Chris Paul like with the second half that he had in Game One. You also can't really rely on things like, and obviously you can't rely on Booker himself, but things like Devin Booker's first half in Game Two. Because they were only up by what four points at half. Yeah, I 30, right. I hear you. Explosion. I hear you. I mean that that's that doesn't show me. And and the other thing that's a kind of a, a grander point I think is that you know the depth in the NBA playoffs overall this season feels like, and this is a theme that's been kind of going throughout. We don't know who's good. I mean, we know there are favorites. We know there are good teams, but the depth throughout the NBA postseason. Um, is, I think, a little better than we realize. It's better than it has been in years past. We, we saw it last night with the Bulls beating the Bucks. I mean, who would have thought, you know, in years past, you wouldn't see those kinds of things like the Bulls going on the road and beating the Bucks in a game. Um, and I think the Pelicans are just, you know, we look at them as an eight seed, and, you know, but I think they're better than the typical eight seed from season. They, they are certainly better than their record indicates because they're a drastically different team than they were at the beginning of the season when they were abysmal. And CJ McColl- McCollum's arrival was. You know, a godsend to that franchise and everything they were going through, and the direction that we thought they were headed in with the Zion Williamson disaster, uh, completely changed based upon his arrival. Look, I, I'm not, I'm not knocking the Pelicans anyway. I do think this is, I think we're having a completely different conversation. To your point, that was Devin Booker going to finish with 75 points the other night? No, probably not. But I don't, right. I don't think they were losing that game if Devin Booker plays in the second half. I just don't think that they look as lost as they did in transition so frequently if they were running better possessions with Devin Booker on the floor. So, and this, of course, is purely a bet on his absence. I mean, I uh, think well, and, and, and that's the word. A game right. with him not around. Yep, the word being that he's not going to play for either game three or game four. Yep. All right, Andrew Stecka, good stuff. At A Stecka on Twitter is how you follow him, and uh, Paul's going to post uh, those uh, those props or those. Uh, Stets and figures on uh, our Twitter account if you missed any of them. We will, uh, boy, we'll talk to you in two weeks and then we'll only be a week out from the uh, glorious day that is. Appreciate you, my friend. All right, Glenn. Cheers. It's Andrew Stecka checking in with Stets and figures. By the way, we didn't even talk about Joel Embiid. Holy crap, man. Holy hell. Like, I, I, I literally just, to myself, sitting on, I was watching it, I was sitting on the bike last night after the Mile Cross game. And I was uh, getting a workout in upstairs, and I just 
to no one at all yelled out, holy S. Like, it's one of those moments where you're like, holy crap. All of the momentum on the side of the Raptors, the place is as loud as I've ever heard a building. It's insane in there. They have worked the 76ers defensively on the final possession, forcing them to call a timeout before they're about to turn it over with .9 seconds left on the shot clock, three seconds left in the game. Everything is slowing the way of the Raptors. And then credit Doc Rivers for calling a brilliant play out of the timeout. And I don't remember who tweeted it, but somebody tweeted last night, We and, I, and I'm saying this verbatim, we have to really think about the world we live in where casually a seven-footer just drilled a fall away three at the end of a game and we don't even react to it like it's a big deal like we're just sort of like yeah that's that's what he does basketball is different bro like it is a different sport man than what it is that we saw when i was growing up like this is nuts dude seven foot tall and that's the guy you're drawing the play for (laughs) to knock down a triple at the end of the game that's the guy who you desperately want the ball in his hands it is a different sport, man. That's why Isaiah Brockington's six four, and he's being told you are way too small for this game, bro. Because look at this, look at this. Now again, Steph Curry still exists, so let's not you know make it seem like it's entirely a tall man's game. But bro, that was wild. And the Sixers, man, you can't help but wonder. You just can't help but wonder. I thought they were going to be in for a battle. I know the Raptors have been depleted, so that's hurt them. I thought they were going to be in for a battle in this series. You guys probably remember I told you to. Take the series spread on the Raptors. They could still win three straight. <laughs> they could still cash in. It still happen. The Sixers look legitimate. Uh, there is a new betting favorite in uh, the NBA playoffs, and I'm not surprised by that. That's just it's, it speaks to the significance of the Devin Booker injury. Um, it casts a shadow over the entirety of the playoffs, but. Um, that's the way it goes now in the new betting favor. Oh, nope, sorry, I take that back. It's flipped again. Some places it might still be the Warriors, but in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Suns, I guess because the news was that he was only going to miss the two games, the Suns have reverted back to being the favorites. They're at plus 320. The Warriors at plus 370. The Celtics, he, I'm a little bit surprised the Sixers, the way that they played, they're still at 11-1 to 1 in the FanDuel Sportsbook. That might be a bet that is worth dipping a couple of bucks on right now based on how they've played out of the shoot. We come back in. Uh, our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports is going to check in with us, and we're going to get uh, some thoughts from him. He's going to dive into the data of both basketball and baseball betting. That's next. This is Weekend at Bookies. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms 
Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley. And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the bat around live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on Weekend at Bookies, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. As we continue to get you ready for a busy weekend, don't forget that if you want to be there for the Fury-White fight, it is Saturday afternoon. Kind of a wonky thing. We're used to fight night. This is fight afternoon on Saturday as Tyson Fury takes on Dylan White. Coming today on uh, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland social pages, I got a couple of pieces of advice for you about the fight. Unsurprisingly, Tyson Fury is an overwhelming favorite. I wouldn't just bet Tyson Fury to win. I would do some other things in the betting, but I'm going to let you find that out. You should be following Live Casino and Hotel Maryland on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And if you are, you will get my advice a little bit later on today. Also an interesting NFL draft prop that I found that I think you guys should think about playing. All of that coming today on Live Casino and Hotel's social media pages. You'll be able to check that out. Right now we want to check out our buddy Brad Cronthal from Alloy Sports. He was in here a couple weeks ago telling us all about the new platform. And as I told him then, there I am a dumb guy, Brad. You know that about me. I am a very stupid man. And even I'm starting to figure out how this all works. It's still it's still almost dizzying, the amount of information you guys have, but I'm starting to figure it out a little bit. Glenn, don't undersell yourself. You're, you're a smart guy. No. You know what you're doing. No, so, uh, I, you know, we're no. Just trying. You're being very nice <laughs> now, Brad. I am a very stupid man. Every time, <laughs> I, I almost get offended by too much information. I'm like, you got to dumb it down for me. Like I'm five years old, explain it to me. Um, let's you and I talk. I know I was uh, following you guys on social this week and seeing some pretty good basketball betting advice. Remind everybody how the platform works and how it is that you guys use it for, for betting NBA playoff games. Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is we let sports fans, you know, of all experience levels come onto our platform and build their own betting strategy. You see a lot of the market, a lot of that is being picks provided or paying for, for picks, but you don't really know what goes behind uh, those picks or what's behind the curtain, so to speak. So what we let you do is come on our platform at Alloy, Alloy Sports 
and really build a strategy of what you think leads to winning when it comes to stats. If you're an NBA guy, you think three-point shooting is important. You think steals are important. You think offensive rebounds are important. You plug that in, and we tell you in real time whether it's worked against the spread or money line straight up in different spread buckets and ranges. We tell you basically how it's worked, and if it has worked, we tell you the games that are going to be profitable that fit your criteria that night or that week for the games to bet on. All right, so you guys were using a get-out-and-run data point. Explain that to me. Yeah, so last week we used more of a defensive strategy. We went 5-2. and What we're trying to push through our platform is that We're not limited to just one really great algorithm. There's really an infinite amount that you can build that are profitable. So this week we're pushing what we're calling our get out and run strategy. And this is focusing on teams that, you know, are good in transition on fast breaks, convert at the other end uh, when you're in transition, force some turnovers. So, uh, you know, the stats that went into that were fast breaks, points, two pointers made, and then points off turnovers. Um, We looked at teams that are good at that. And then we filtered out uh, a couple things as well. So we're looking at, when our team has opponents uh, that are above 500. So saying, you know, the whole category of teams that I want to loop into my criteria, they must be playing an opponent. That, that's good. We're in the playoffs. So we don't want to dilute our sample size, you know, with teams that aren't good. We're in the playoffs and we want to only play good teams. Then we wanted to see teams on a winning streak. So just coming off, you know, any win. So we've had a really successful strategy so far. Basically, we found the heavy favorites winning at an 83% clip this year and the low favorites winning at a 65% clip um, on the money line. So so we're looking at a few games tonight as well. Oh, that's very interesting. I, I uh, certainly saw that the Pelicans had success in transition the other night, but I don't want to talk about it, Brad. I'd rather not. I'd save that for another time. Um, anything you can tell us about data that I can look at for tonight's slate? I can, and and so if you go on our Twitter, we actually put our what we call our forecast. We're not dumb. We know that there's no such thing as a sure lock in sports betting, but we know that if you bet these successful strategies in the long run, you are going to end up profitable, and we tell you that on our site. So tonight, and we're already 2-0 and this week using the get-out-and-run strategy. Tonight, we're looking at the Grizzlies money line, which I see on FanDuel is at minus 134. And then we're looking at the Warriors as well at minus 142. We haven't even posted that yet. So you're hearing it first on Glenn Clark Radio. Oh, boy. All right. So you're saying Grizzlies and Warriors. I'll go ahead and do that right now, my friend. I will go <laughs> and, ahead. And for those that are new to sports betting, money line just means straight up. Straight you know, up winner, all they have to do is win. They don't need to cover a certain point spread. So we just like the Grizzlies and Warriors winning tonight. And that's obviously, I think sometimes during the regular season, people say, well, that's no fun. I think in the playoffs, it's far more difficult um, because, you know, the teams are all trying. Like, they all want to win these games, unlike during the regular season when you just never know who's lining up and saying, yeah, we don't we don't care. We're not playing any of our players tonight. And so that it's a different scenario. Um, I'll tell you that I, I constantly get reminded whenever I bet the spread just how little these teams care about that. When I'm like, man, this team is kicking this team's ass. Everything's good. And then you get to the end of the game, and they just don't give a rat's ass about covering your spread. I get that reminder constantly. He's uh, Brad Cronthal. He's with us from Alloy Sports. All right, Brad. Um, I know you're a baseball head. I know that's you. You live and breathe it. Give me a give me a couple of things that you're looking at in today's slate. The pitching matchups. A couple of things that might jump out at you related to today's baseball slate. Yeah, it's actually really fun once the betting is incorporated. I mean, what better place to start than with the Orioles? One awesome stat this year. If you're watching the O's, you're like, oh, they're not scoring very much. Well, you're right. So the under has hit 
It's 11-0-1 this season on Orioles games. So if you bet the under, you've won every time and pushed once. If you bet the over, you've lost every time. So today I've already seen some line movement. It was at 7.5 for the total run score between the O's and and the A's today. It's already moved to 7 on FanDuel. So obviously a lot of people are are betting on that under. Um, if If it ain't broke, um, you know, let's get go back to the well. I would go the under as well. It's Tyler Wells for the O's and Blackburn for the A's. Um, you know, nothing shows me that this offense is just going to break out. And I think Wells has some really intriguing pitches with his set, and, and the bullpen pieces have been well enough for the Orioles, especially in a big park like Oakland, um, to hold them down again. So, you know. Why not? Just keep that in the under on the O's. You know, our buddy Andrew Stecka just tried to convince us to play the over tonight, and I, I think essentially his argument was, well, it can't continue this way, right? Like, it can't work this way forever. So it was a little less data-driven, I think, his thought process. I think it was yeah, more, think- you know, just there's no way that this can continue like this forever. Yeah, they call that the the theory of regression, and and for me, I, I totally get it. I, I mean, they're not going to go 160 and 162 and 0 on the under this year. You but, say you know, that? You're, well, you're I guess still they, in Oakland. They, they can't because there was a push already, so they can't go 162. And yeah, there was a push, and so I'm just saying it's one thing if they're in Camden Yards playing, you know, Boston or the Yankees. They're still in Oakland, so I'm going to take the final game of the series uh, with the under in this as well it's two bad offenses in a ballpark where balls the biggest the biggest foul territory in the history of the sport i mean my god like i i actually agree with you and disagree with andrew stack i'm going to continue to play the under because again i'm not sure if these teams played four more games they'd score a total of seven runs combined i'm just not sure if that would be the case uh anything yeah, else yeah go ahead Brad. I, I don't think they're as juiced up either if you saw the, the fan the crowd yesterday Correct. at the Coliseum, holy cow, I think you could have counted maybe on, on one hand how many people were there. This is where, if I were an Oakland A's broadcaster, I'd have to pull out the line, well, there might be 2,000 people here tonight, but they're a loud tooth. I would have to just do it <laughs> for the fun of it. Uh, give me anything else baseball slate-wise today that jumps out at you, man. Yeah, I, I like Toronto and Boston. Um, I had my own feelings about Toronto last year. I had a futures bet on them. To, to win the AL, and they just couldn't sneak into the playoffs. I liked them as they did. Gosman starting for Toronto. We know him well. Pretty bad in his career uh, in Boston. He's got a four-five-seven career ERA. Red Sox going with uh, Hawk tonight, or, or this afternoon, I should say. So I, I like Boston today on the money line right now. It's at minus 102 on Fandle. Um, it's just a tough place to pitch, and and it seems like guys once they you they have a decent sample size of games in Boston, it's hard to reverse that trend. It's kind of like you're either good at it or you're not. Yeah. But Miguel Gonzalez seemed like with the Orioles, he was good in Fenway. Yep, and it's just like it's one of those places. It's just you are what you are, and and I, I just see Boston on a day game. Uh, getting to him. Brian Mattis was good too, but it was because he was only allowed to face David Ortiz. <laughs> they would just personally bring him in, say, you get Ortiz. Thanks, bud. Hell of an effort. See you next time. That was the role that worked. 
Uh, I look. I'm with you in your theory. I'm just legally opposed. I'm phil- or what is it? What is it? Dan Duquette. I'm philosophically opposed to participating in betting on the Boston Red Sox. It's just the way. <laughs> it's like a. It's like a religious thing for me. I'm sure you understand. You know, it's Passover time right now. It's <laughs> Easter was over the week. In my own personal religion, what we celebrate is not wanting to see the Red Sox win. So I'm just not capable of betting money on them, Brad. That's just the way that that works for me. Anything else that you want to uh, you want to touch on baseball wise? Yeah, I think there's another a fun game in the the White Sox in Cleveland today. Jose Ramirez. I mean, he's minus money to get a hit today. He's got an 11 game hit streak to begin the season. That's a prop bet uh, in that game. You know, they're facing Dylan Cease. I find this game to be really intriguing and, and to look at the first five innings. Cease is really good. He's got some really great stuff. He's a great pitcher up and coming for the White Sox. I mean, the, the Indian, oh, sorry, the Guardians. That's right. Guardians. It, it, got, trust I, me, we're going to be doing this for a long time, bro. <laughs> I, I like the Guardians at plus 118 in the first five innings. Uh, that's, a, that's a fun way to bet baseball. Really, it's just going with the starting pitcher, um, not relying on bullpens, assuming starters will go those five innings. I mean, Cleve, Cleveland's hit the ball really well. Jose Ramirez, I mean, to be minus 160 just to get a hit just shows you how good of a hitter it's he unreal. is to lay that That's kind unreal, of money. unreal, man. Jesus. So I, I like Cleveland in the first five just to have the lead at the end of that. But, I mean, it, it's just telling you, so how good is this guy to have? I mean, they're saying this guy's expected to get hit every day. That's, That's nuts. Unreal. That's nuts. All right, you like Cleveland the lead after five. That's a unique bet. I like that. I might play that myself. All right, buddy. Uh, remind everybody about Alloy and where they can find out more. Yeah, so come join us, AlloySports.com. You can find us on social at AlloySports. Uh, come see us on social. We're posting our forecasts and good strategies. Take those strategies, plug it into the platform. We're offering one-month free trial. You don't even have to put a credit card. So come in and, and find some winning strategies. And at the end of the day, you're betting to win money, so, so we're going to help you do that. And you are personally on Twitter at? I am personally on Twitter at... B underscore Kronthal, I believe. K R O N T H A L. That's where I got you. So make sure you give him a follow there. Brad, appreciate it, brother. Let's talk again soon, all right? Sounds great, Glenn. Keep it up. The great stuff. Thanks, buddy. Brad Kronthal, my old old pal, former intern of mine, and now he's going to be making lots and lots and lots of money with a tech company, and I'm. uh, you know, I'm not doing that, but that's okay. I'm making lots of money betting on Ukrainian ping pong, so I'm good, baby. You got to worry about your old pal Glenn. Things are great over here. That's all I needed. Let's see if there's something I can go bet right now. <laughs> go check. I'll take a look at it. You got a preposterous prop for us? I do. All I right. do. Um, I was going to try and bet on table tennis, but I couldn't find anything unlike you. You there's, found There's plenty of it. There yeah. couldn't be more. I went to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They only had one, the, the, the might, check-in or whatever might, might it have was. Been, it might not have been happening in the moment. Yeah. You got you to gotta double check. I, I did. I checked like three times. Anyway. I'm not mad. Anyway. I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm definitely not mad. And I was going to try and bet on uh, cycling, and I, I, I couldn't figure out who was an American I'm, I'm, cycler. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> you got to bet some cycling. Uh, so for this bet, we're looking at the USFL. On Saturday night, the Birmingham Stallions will take on the Houston Gamblers. I know nothing about these teams aside from their names. And based on that information, I'm taking the Houston Gamblers to win outright at plus 125, and I'm parlaying that with, uh, with the over. It is o- a gambling show, after all. A- and I'm parlaying that with the over on 41.5 at plus 125, giving well, me... Why are you doing that? That's not related to their name. <laughs> just just hear me out. Giving me plus 350 odds for the parlay. 
The gamblers need this. They have to keep their oh. gas and electric running. They have to get. They got to bring home dinner for their family. They barely hung on for a seventeen to twelve victory against the Michigan Panthers last week. Sounds like were, the over didn't hit. And they were they were shut out in the second half. While Birmingham narrowly edged the New Jersey Generals twenty eight to twenty four, which is I think was the highest scoring game in the league last week, with a game winning nine play fifty yard touchdown drive left twenty three um, seconds left on the clock. So I look at the fact that the Generals scored twenty eight points. They gave up twenty four points and. The Gamblers did score 17 points in the first half of their game. So, I think they're going to hit the over, and I think the Gamblers, who need this badly, are going to uh, they're going to pull out the victory here. Gamblers, maybe. I don't. I think betting the over in the USFL is a mistake. The quarterbacks stink. 41 and a half. Uh, they just got to score 20. It's got to be 22 to 20. Brother, the one game was 17 to 12 last I, week. I know. And all the, the gamblers, baby. All of the stuff that I'm seeing on social media has been about all of the defensive plays that are being made, which is a polite way of saying the quarterbacks are no good, which is what we know. We know the quarterbacks are no That's good. Why this is a preposterous problem? It is preposterous. You're right about that. I am not going to join you on this one. Normally, I like where your head's at, and I'll go follow up with you, and I'll say, you know what? For the fun of it, I'll go throw some bucks on it. But I'm going to choose not to on this ah, one, only because it involves you. I, now, if you want me to play the gamblers, what's the? It's the gamblers outright or the gamblers to cover? The gamblers outright at outright. One, plus one twenty-five. And I would play the under. I'm with you. I'll roll with that. I'll do that. In fact, oh, I'm oh, going to do oh. it right now. I'm all right, man. Right We're always naysaying, We're but here, here it is. Uh... I just involving the over in the USFL. I'm taking it. They're no good. <laughs> They're no good. 25-17 no gamblers. No good. 25-17 gamblers. Right. You heard it here. All right. Listen to you. Just, just eking out a cover. Just... <laughs> Sweating it out to the all, until, all this. until someone takes a, a safety on a punt at the end of the game <laughs> in order to get you the two points you needed, and then you throw a naked parade. All of this based on the names alone. All right, man, I don't blame you for that. That part I'm good with. Um, all right, I'm gonna let you. Uh, you're gonna. You're gonna. So Austin, who's been sitting in with us this morning, I'm gonna let you. You're a Giants fan, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there is a prop available that you can parlay. The Giants two. Oh, they might have taken that down. Oh, that's a bummer. All right, instead, what I'll do. Um, the position of the Giants' first drafted player. All right, so they've got two first round picks. Yep. What, what numbers are they? Five, five and, and seven. Five and seven. That's exactly right. The position of the. F so this would be the fifth pick unless they move. Right. The position of the Giants' first drafted player. The favorite O line at minus one twenty five. Then D-line at plus 250, cornerback plus 340, safety plus 850, linebacker 10 to 1, quarterback 20 to 1. So think about what they're going to do. Think about potential value, all of those things. How are you betting the position of the first drafted player for the New York Giants? Wait, did you say there was an edge one or a linebacker one? There was. So they're, they're, they're not doing edge. Okay. So essentially, and this is where actually some of these bets could get wonky. Like, for the Ravens, if they draft Jermaine Johnson, that'll count as a defensive lineman because he's listed as a DN. Okay. So it's about listed position. Most of the edge rushers, I feel like, are listed as DNs and not as stand-up linebackers. And so I think linebacker is basically more middle linebacker than it is edge rush. Yeah, I think, I think the f obviously, the favorite being offensive line, I think that's what's going to happen. I've, I've heard a lot of rumors that, 
they're going to try to go for offensive line, and then they're even thinking about trading that seventh pick mm-hmm. and, and trying to move back. But I am kind of interested. What did you say the defensive end value Defensive was? line value is what? plus 250. I think it's kind of interesting because I think – if one of those guys falls like like a Kayvon Thibodeau, mm-hmm. that could be an interesting pick. Like, cause just he's I just so talented to pass on him if if he's there at five. So, all right. Yeah. All right. But I think offensive line is probably what what they're going to be doing. Okay, they're, they're kind of committed to Daniel Jones now for one more year. So, for those that are interested, the odds for the Ravens, it's the favorite is D line plus one ninety. O-line plus 250, cornerback plus 340, wide receiver plus 340, safety plus 850. So that scenario you guys are talking about where what if Kyle Hamilton were to fall, right? Like what if he were to keep falling and he's just suddenly sitting there and you're like, wow, he's somehow sitting there at at 14. Well, if you think that could play out, it could pay off at plus 850 for you if you think that were to be the case. A lot of people seem to think that he won't get past uh, Washington at uh, number 11, even if he were to fall to that point. And then linebacker plus 1,600. Those are the odds for the Ravens positionally with their first drafted player in the NFL draft. All right, that'll do it for us. Austin, where are you social media-wise? Uh, just go for my Twitter. It's just my name, Austin Colt, so A-U-S-T-I-N-K-A-L-T. And what do you have coming up at PressBoxOnline.com? Uh, just Whatever, you, whatever well, I don't guys think we, you interview but, next. But Cole Strange hasn't been posted yet, has that it? That is not, yeah. So, so Cole that'll, Strange that'll will be, next. be going up, yep. Of course, Chattanooga, offensive lineman, fa- really interesting cat. Um, what, what was it? We were talking about food, and he dropped a yeah, like barbecue. A, yeah, right? We had a great – love, I loved our chat with Cole Strange. It was a lot of fun. He's a cool guy. Yep, no doubt. All right, appreciate you coming in and hanging out with us, man. Thank you so much. Uh, we, if you want to do it again at some point, let me know. We'll make it happen. Um, that's Austin. That's Paul. Thanks to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I'm Glenn Clark. This is Ben, Weekend at Bookies.